Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Langley Florist, with myself, Steve Lusbaum, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, my South Dan Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, we are back from holiday, it's the one and only, the bronzed Mr. Paul Levy. Buenos dias. <laughs> Welcome back. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is episode number 325. Yes, we are fully refreshed and vitalised and ready to go for the new season. Thanks to everyone who tuned in to our last show. Uh, that was at the end of July. That was with Martin Ling. And what a tremendous conversation that was. Really chuffed that Martin was as open and as transparent and as honest and forthright with his views and opinions and, and I think uh, with looking at the listening numbers on that um, it went down pretty well with the uh, Orient uh, community as well so we're pleased to be able to bring you uh, stuff and content like that uh, but this we, we as Steve said we've been away on our holidays we are now back uh, we've got five games to briefly round up and I do mean briefly you know some happened like two weeks ago so yep. we're not going to be uh, dining off them too much but without further ado let's just crack on and as always we start all of our shows with our headline sponsor we do only one sponsor as it stands at this season so it's all about carol langley florists they are based in chinkford and have been serving the borough of waltham forest and the surrounding area for more than 70 years they have a fantastic team of florists who are here for all of your needs specializing in anything from bespoke wedding events family funeral tributes to birthdays and anniversaries. We know lots of you have already taken uh, advantage of our sponsorship over the last year and continue to do so. And as always, it gets better. If you mention the podcast, you get 15% off. So that applies to all those fans and staff. And if you've got a wedding or any flowering cost, that could be a huge saving for you. So if that sounds like a plan to you, you can get in touch with the team. You can call the shop. You can find them on 0208 529-4130 or if you'd rather go online you can do so you can go to the website at www.carollangley.co.uk or if you'd rather go to social media you can find them on all the main uh, places you would find anyone on Instagram you can find the guys at Carol Langley Florist on Twitter at Carol Langley E4 or on Facebook at Carol Langley Florist so very happy to be working with John and the wonderful team for another year absolutely also worth giving a bit of a mention that if you've got a business or a product to promote we can help you to reach a fairly broad audience get in touch with us uh, to find out how uh, we might be able to help support you in your business or your product or your new venture whatever it may be uh, we have had uh, a really nice group of people that we've helped support in the past so very keen to help people do that some very affordable options as well um supporters club update firstly a very happy birthday to the supporters club thanks to linda uh, who's uh, sent us this note um they turned 45 on the 5th of august so kudos to you very happy birthday to you massive shout out to david dodd who keeps it all going and we've raised well in a million of well in excess of a million pounds for the club over the years and secondly bit of a, a plea here if anyone would like to come and join the team behind the bar they are actually crying out for some match day volunteers you don't have to be a full committee member but you really do need to they really do need some match day help so if you can help them if you've got a few hours to spare if you're going to or in any way uh, and you can help volunteer behind the bar they very much appreciate it you can get in touch via socials or speak to any committee member 
on a match day. And thirdly, uh, but by no means least, coaches are going to Exeter on Saturday the 9th of September. They're going to be leaving the supporters club at half past eight in the morning. That's a three o'clock kickoff. The adult fare is a long way. It's £39. Concessions are 36 and children under 15 uh, will be travelling or can travel for just £20. And obviously, as a reminder, as we always do, those prices do not include your match day tickets. So you can go into the supporters club at home to Cambridge uh, this coming weekend or you can call the travel line on 07 507 539 579. So we have a bumper three weeks to cover whilst we have been off on our holiday. The football world hasn't, and lots and lots has been going on at the amazing football club we call Leighton Orient. So let's crack on in and go back in time to Tahue Tuesday, the 1st of August. And as mentioned by Martin Ning in episode 324, in the afternoon, the club announced that central defender Ed Turns had rejoined us on loan from Premier League Brighton for the entirety of the season. Bit of Lejande, your views on that one? Yeah, I think one of the worst kept secrets <laughs> uh, in football transfer history. But yeah, for me, very pleased with this. He's got great qualities. He'd been training with a Premier League outfit in the Premier League tournament. So for us, he's bringing all that knowledge and benefit that he's been uh, getting with them there. Uh, so yeah, delighted with that. So he's bringing that experience to us. And obviously he knows us, we know him. Um, bit of a getting the band back together feel about it. But because it's not nepotism um you know and it's based on genuine quality and genuine qualities that he can bring you know he's a premier league elect defender essentially so yeah for me very happy with this me yeah no surprise he made great progress last year i think when yeah. he first came on, I was a bit underwhelmed but he grew into his role at the club and played very well for the majority of it i think the only question i had is obviously when he came last season it was as blatant cover for dan happy who was injured yeah this season, Dan Happy, as it stands, isn't injured. So my question would be whether Town starts as a yeah. first choice at the back or whether he's happy to take a squad position this year. But a nice headache to have. Yeah. You'd rather have three centre-backs vying for two places than only two centre-backs. Obviously, it's building Well, when Adam Thompson's fit, it'd be four for, four for two places when, when obviously, the biggest statement is... Ste- steady on now. Steady on now with Adam Thompson being fit. Although, Adam, we do I wish you the best. I wish him well. In his Had a great company. chat with him at the start, man. Lovely guy. Um, yeah, but then there will be four for two places, which is kind of what you want. What really. we need. Two for each position. What yeah. we need. A few of you that were mentioned on this one. Bets are late and never. So I'm so glad no other club turned his head. Oh, like that one? Fantastic. So pleased to see this happen. There were a lot of Ed turns puns. Of course there were. And the random Ed turns that kept getting copied into... Uh, tweets it's just this random guy seems to be like, he's, he's down with the vibe on it all and he's like very pleased to be back at Leighton Orient so congratulations to him Steve <laughs> uh, Vlatter said an excellent addition a defender who can play intelligent football with or without the ball and score the odd goal up the O's yeah, yeah. I mean he scored a cracking goal with his weaker right foot uh, against I can't Warsaw. remember last season <clears throat> yeah he knows where the next is absolutely Phil VZ1 so this is great news. He was a class act last year and to secure him for the season along with Idris is great business yeah. and says a lot about our fantastic club. Great point. Well made there. Yeah. In the evening, a youthful Leighton Orient 11 team were in friendly action away at Bishop Stortford and lost the game 1-0. So unlucky to the young O's. Yeah, unlucky boys. Let's move on to Wednesday the 2nd of August as the O's announced their ninth signing of pre-season with the capture of winger Jordan Graham on a two-year deal from Birmingham City. Jordan said, I feel like I can really come 
and put on a show and excite the fans. And I'm looking forward to getting back into it and enjoying my football. The way the gaffer wants to play football is really appealing and exciting. I want to play with a smile on my face and the vibe I got gives me that impression. I want to put smiles on the fans' faces with lots of one-on-ones and take-ons. I enjoy making people happy. Bit of Lejande, did that news make you happy? It did. It's exactly the experience we need. Um, he looks like a solid and exciting player. Look, again, I won't sit here and profess to knowing every player that's ever played football that's ever then going to yep. sign for Leighton Orient. So, you know, it's based on what we've seen and, and what you read about him. So, yeah, I, I think that it's a very strong addition to our squad when he's up and running and fit. Yeah, really? pleased. Pleased with that one. Good experience. Played over 50 games in the Championship over the last two seasons yeah. Birmingham City. So, like it, gives us options on the wing, which we have been craving. So, yeah, felt like a really good signing. And I remember him from his days at Gillingham, although I thought he was a centre-forward at Gillingham, but obviously wasn't. So, yeah, yeah really happy Cover for a JE as well, and for them two to fight out for the, one of the wing spots, and Theo, arguably, obviously, as well, depending yeah. on what Richie wants to do. Theo the Wyvern tweeted us and said, you did the where-will-we-finish prediction uh, a week too early, feeling much more optimistic after this signing. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that week, obviously, we had Martin on the podcast on the Sunday and that went down really well and gave fans, I think, uh, the calmness they needed. And we followed that up with Turns signing, which we just spoke on the about. Monday. Yeah. And then Jordan Graham signing. So I think going into the season, I think we all felt quite confident. I remember talking before the season started about our expectations and I thought we'd be around the top end of the middle of the table. Yeah. So I think everyone was quite optimistic yeah, at this point, you're talking what eleven to fourteen. I think we, I said twelve to sixteen. Yeah, I, I think, think so. And that kind of signing Jordan Graham for me anyway was a very positive signing. So I was very happy, very optimistic going into the season. Where I did think it was going to be a hard start. We'll obviously come on to the games, but again, those opening four fixtures. You look at Charlton away, Portsmouth at home, uh, Wickham away, and Blackpool away. That's a that's a tough yeah. four games. You would expect. Um, for the most part Charlton to be up and around playoffs probably although they have underachieved quite a lot you go Portsmouth always start like a house on fire and normally fade away but one of the biggest teams mm. of League One mm. Wickham almost made the down. playoffs last year although they've lost Ainsworth but it'd still be a hard place to go to and Blackpool away they've just come down from the league above and Neil Critchley done very well there in his last spell and obviously got the job again over the summer so yeah. really difficult but I think at this point I think everyone was really Optimistic, however, in the BBC article talking about Jordan Graham, the news kind of got out there uh, about Dan Adji, and the headline read, or one of the, the line, the pivotal line in the article, it's kind of buried within the BBC website. It said Adji, who scored 16 goals in League 2 for crew last season, could be missing for the O's for up to five months. So, massive. again, the second you saw that, you're like, that's a massive blow to the plans for all Yeah, yeah, absolutely is. Um, and actually, it sent a lot of people into, like, what's going on here then? Uh, Lenin 4 said, how's your luck? Didn't miss a single league game last season, and then this happens as soon as he signs. Yeah, really bad news. LOFC 1971 said, the Lord giveth Jordan Graham with one hand and taketh away Dan Adji with the other. And described that as coming from Leighton Orient, chapter 1, verse 21. Very, Very good. good. El Coado said, our replacement for Smith has made an identical start to his Orient career. If he keeps this up, he'll have a blinding season in 24-25. <laughs> very, <laughs> very good tweet. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that was the concerning one, right? Because Adji is obviously coming to replace Paul Smith, who was the kind of magic man, the key to unlocking defences. So if Adji's not there, and Jordan Graham only just signing for the club uh, just before the season started, you kind of looked at it and gone, right, well, who is the 
the key, the playmaker to unlock defences. Jordan Graham. At but he's not point. up to speed, is yeah. he? Yeah, so good signing nonetheless, but a very concerning line in that article about Dan Adji. So let's get forward into Friday the 4th of August. I was on a plane over to Menorca on this day as Mr Levy was also starting his holidays. But young Ojek Tatanga was doing something much more exciting. He was joining in Welling United <laughs> on an initial one-month loan deal. Good luck, Jephter. And then on Saturday, the 5th of August, Charlton away, the first game of the season. And as always, we always run a poll before the game to see how you think we're going to get on. And after 540 results, usually we get, uh, uh, sorry, responses, usually it's like one or 200. Anywhere between two, 300, I'd say. Oh, okay. 540 is a monster amount. So thank you to everyone who voted there. 26% of you thought we would win the optimistic lot. 35% thought we'd lose the pessimistic lot. And those that sat on the fence going for a draw was 39%, the overarching winning group. So yeah, thanks everyone who took the time to cast their vote. Yeah, so depending on where you were in the world at 2pm in UK time, the team was announced with Sol, a brilliant online goalkeeper from Middlesbrough starting in goal. At the back, we had Tom James, Omar Beckles, Dan Happy, Jaden Sweeney, uh, and Rob Hunt. Uh, at the midfield, we had El Mazzuni, Prattley, uh, Archibald, and up top, Sinsiriu, and Piggott. So that was uh, slightly, con- well, we'll come on to the formations there, but obviously five defenders were in that starting 11. Subs, we had Howes, Turns, Brown, Moncur, Galbraith, Graham, and young Charlie Pegram. Yeah, so that first O's team of the season was named but Ed Turns was injured in the warm-up and was replaced on the bench by Harrison Soji it's not going to be the first time we mentioned someone getting injured in the warm-up no, it really isn't <laughs> unfortunately so for me uh, a few eyebrows raised there I mean when you first saw that team you were like what's he playing in is he playing a 5-3-2 is he playing uh, James in midfield what's he doing there's obviously midfielders named on the bench who could play in midfield so essentially it looked like five at the back from a starting point but a big and well deserved chance for Pegram we spoke about yeah. uh, we gave him here of the week didn't we we did episode 324 yeah because he had a so, great pre-season yeah seemed like a bit of a defensive line to me a little bit Yeah, which isn't what I was really hoping for however obviously in super rich wins we trust yeah and it makes sense that he's gone with the experienced players not who I thought it would be but still a decent side but again it's just the luck of having people out injured in the seat you know your Drillings your Adges your Thompsons you're not being able to field um, you know the strongest side that you'd want um, and then to have Ed Turns pull up in, in the uh, in the warm up is just like facepalm moment really um, Steve LOFC said it looks like a side to keep it tight in the first half and a bench capable to have a proper pop at them during the second half so it's interesting how different people how people see it quite differently absolutely Adam at Pika up and starts a surprise that Moncur isn't starting yeah good point hopefully so to you We'll continue where he left off at the back end of last season. I think we'll do well to get a draw. Yeah, it's a new uh, Twitter handle, so welcome to the podcast. Ben Whitlock13 said, Can't imagine anyone correctly predicting that lineup. Really strong bench for the 10 minutes of extra time. Glad Pegram's been rewarded for his pre season effort. Yeah, Parksy1881 to defensive, in my honest opinion, but in which we trust. He can do what he likes. Up the O's. So the season kicked off for the O's as a minute's applause was held for Chris Bart Williams and Solbrin was forced to make a great save from quarter of a million pound signing Alfie May in just the third minute. That was a, a very great... If that goes in, then it's a 
a completely different game. Great save there from Solberg, what he's been brought in to do. Absolutely right. Theo Archibald had an effort well saved by Maynard Brewer in the 29th minute, but the host ended up taking the lead just before half-time as Corey Blackett-Taylor beat Rob Hunt with some ease. Found space on the left, he crossed the ball in low for Dobson to finish from close range as the half ended 1-0. I thought that was quite a poor goal to concede. I think Blackett-Taylor had the beating of Rob Hunt, unfortunately, all day long. Yeah. Um, and Rob Hunt overcommitted himself. He went past him with ease, with like ease. I said. But we didn't defend. Had all the time in the world. He still got to put the ball into the middle of the box. There yeah. was two of them waiting there, essentially, for the ball, right? Unmarked. Yeah, yeah. Exa- exactly my point. It was poor defence. In effect. So, yeah, disappointing. But, however, you know, going at 1-0 at like the break isn't the kind of worst scoreline. So, no. Against it would Charlie, be a side fancy to go up. Yeah, it would be a good uh, team talk for Richie to have still more than capable of turning that around at half-time. At massive attendance announced at the Valley. 18,512 with 3,122 fans making the journey set up in the away end. Yeah, the biggest away attendance of that uh, of League 2, League 1 and I think the second, second highest in the, the championship. Yeah, in second highest in the EFL. Yeah. yeah, so amazing, amazing turnout. Gutted to have, uh, to have missed that one. Okay, let's go in the second half. There were no changes for the O's at half-time. In the 58th minute though, Tom James had an effort deflected over and the first O sub came in the 71st minute as George Moncur came on to replace Joe Piggott. Triple change followed in the 79th minute as Jordan Graham, Jordan Brown and Ethan Galbraith came on for Tom James, Dan Pratt and Rob Hunt. And with seven minutes of injury time awarded, Charlie Pegram came on for Theo Archibald. Yeah, Charlton should have sealed the game in the 93rd minute as Camera shot wide uh, of the goal after Sol Brin had made a very good save. Two minutes later, Charlie Pegram had an effort that was saved. Yeah, he did. Made a brewer done well there, but with no further action to talk about, the full-time whistle win as the O's fell to a narrow one or defeat in front of a bumper crowd at the Valley. I think you can see how relieved Charlton were at full-time. They were acting like they'd won for the FA Cup. They really were going a bit over the top. I think it was because of their ownership issues from what I've read. I think they've had their ownership. So I think it was just, look, we've got here. We've won our first game. I think it was more of a G'ing up the crowd. I don't think it was celebrating beating Leighton Orient. Okay. If if I've read into it correctly. Um, But I've got a chart and friends, so I will ask. Um, Richie Wellen spoke after the game. Obviously, that's now over two weeks old. So that is out on... um, the club's social media channels but he said our supporters were tremendous the performance was really good apart from one lap so you know it was 1-0 it was tight it wasn't like we haven't spoken about loads of Charlton chances where they bombarded us yeah, and smashed us to pieces likewise we haven't spoken about loads of chances we've created but I think the um, I think the team can uh, can hold their heads up really 1-0 loss isn't really a bad start uh, or the worst start to a season particularly against a side who are particularly fancied of being First, second, maybe even third on a worst case scenario given their budget. Um, we created good chances and opened Charlton up. Uh, we gave a good account of ourselves, so well done to Charlie Pegram on his EFL debut. Yeah, I mean, we'll keep our views short for these kind of games yeah. that have been a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, good account of ourselves. Nothing we don't already know. But if you switch off at this level, we'll get punished. So 100%. there were times at League 2 where we got away with stuff we shouldn't really got away with. Yeah, but we did right. due to the quality of the opposition. This season, that won't happen. Or it happened a lot less in terms of teams being clinical against us. And again, one mistake that Richie said, but again, that one mistake leads to the one goal, which is the difference between one point and zero points. Yeah. So those were our views. We had loads of views in to us on our podcast towers. We're still asking for them 
even though we were abroad. That's the kind of dedication we bring you on this podcast. We're going to mention a few, but not many, on Charlton because it was, as Paul said, two weeks ago now. So M8XYL said so not miles away from them. If that's the benchmark, then we will be absolutely fine this season. They had nothing on us, really. Give the team time to gel, and I generally think we are a strong top-half team. Yeah, Wilco300 said, got to be more positive going forward and sharpen up at the back, but didn't see nothing that to be scared of from one of the so-called better sides. I thought Elmiz and Bryn were the standouts with solid performances from Sweeney and Piggott. Matty LFC Evans said, we look good in spells. A couple of weeks further down the line, when we've gelled more, we should be able to hold our own. A one-all defeat to a team who will finish, for me, in the top seven, is a good result, and it was a class in the away end. Yeah, Ian Trot, eighteen eighty one said, a bit more belief, we would have come away with something. Charlton were very good for 25 minutes, a vital save by Bryn, then they run out of ideas, until Hunt gave it away. Amazed how Charlton then sat back, happy with what they had. Time-wasting, the ref was shocking, so biased, and Charlton's celebration after the final whistle was like they won the league. One line of all the players wave in together and three players jumped back out of the tunnel to celebrate what yeah. on earth. MS Orient, penultimate tweet on Charlton. It's great to be playing League One football in front of this bumper crowd. I thought our lads battled and held their own against a good Charlton side. I'm sending praise to Rose to you for working his socks off. An immense performance from him on a whole. A prouder day. Yeah, final word. This one goes to Andy underscore PO16. Said, disappointed to lose. Always. Concerned? No. Just shows you make a silly mistake, you're going to get punished. I thought we matched them at times and played some tidy stuff when we held, when we had the ball. We just need to be more clinical going forward. Let's see where we are after 10 games. So fair to say after the Charlton game, pretty optimistic yeah. uh, Orient fan base. So obviously we don't speak for the entire Orient fan base, but lots of, of you is very similar to that. So, you know, a loss, but not the end of the world. No. Prediction League update started. So again, the Prediction League uh, will be going on all season. So three hours before the game. We sent out a tweet asking for your score predictions and scorers. We had two correct ones for this game. So LOFC underscore Cam and Dennis Orient got the three points by getting their predictions correct. And the leaderboard now is underway for the 23-24 season. It is, and that wraps up Charlton. So we'll move on then to Tuesday, the 8th of <laughs> August. The O's ladies were in friendly action. They're in the USA at the moment. They had their penultimate pre-season fixture. Sadly, they were beaten 2-0 by Mullenberg College in the United States. So unlucky to the ladies, but I'm sure they learned a lot about themselves and, and picked up a lot of uh, experience from that. Yeah, absolutely. Also, on the uh, day of Tuesday, we were in League Cup action in the first round away to Plymouth Argyle. Of course we were, and the team was announced with Sam House making his only debut at the back. Tom James, Dan Happy, Omar Beckles and Rob Hunt with Jordan Brown, Ethan Galbraith and George Moncur. Jordan Graham, Ross Atui and Joe Pickett making up the 11. And on the bench we had Bryn, Sweeney, Soji, Olmazuni, Obiero, Theo Archibald and young Charlie Peckham. Yeah, that meant it was a competitive debut for Sam Howes with the uh, with first O start for Ethan Galbraith and also Jordan Graham. Your views on that lineup? Stronger than what I expected, okay. uh, to be fair. Well, I think that's the bare bones of the squad and all that we have at the moment. You take mm. away the injury, injuries and that's pretty much the squad of players. So I think maybe Richie's hand was forced by having quite a lot of injuries at the time and having to play maybe a stronger squad than what he thought. But big chance in there for Howes. And you know, to see Soji on the bench, Obiero, on the bench and Pegram, mm-hmm. good. It's a good opportunity to give those young lads experience against a championship team. Yeah, a decent, decent championship side. I don't see this ending well. I, I made a note. Injuries have hurt us already, and I don't think the bench is strong enough either. So I wasn't particularly optimistic about how this game would end for us. Okay, Ross McCaff won the tweet uh, again. We're just going to mention this one so briefly. He said strong. Maybe we'll go for it in this cup, and the Papa John's paint is where we'll play the reserves. <laughs> 
Uh, we are going to cover this one, as Steve said very briefly. The host took the lead in the 26th minute as an under-hit back pass from Omar Beckles was capitalised on by Ben Wayne, who ran through on goal and fired his shot past Howes into the far corner to put Plymouth 1-0 up. And it was 2-0 in the 37th minute as the ball deflected in off Wayne again, got his second of the game and the first half finished 2-0 to the hosts. Yeah, attendance announced at 10,324 with 147 brave O's fans making the journey. Well played to all the 147 of you. At half-time, Theo Archibald came on to replace Jordan Graham. James Sweeney replaced Dan Happy on the hour mark. Two more subs followed in the 66th minute as Charlie Pegram and Idris El Mazzouli came on for George Monker and Ross Atouriou. Set Obiero got on the pitch for Joe Piggott in the 71st minute. And worryingly, Ethan Galbraith had to be replaced by Harrison Soji after he picked up a knock in the 85th minute. And after eight minutes of added time were played, the full-time was to win with the O's exiting the competition as the match finished 2-0 to the hosts. Yeah, just can't, honestly, it's just getting worse, isn't it? Richie yeah. Wellens said after the game again, his uh, post-match are on social, so check those out on the club socials. I want to play aggressive football because we saw in the second half it works. Yeah, absolutely. So your views on Plymouth away? I wasn't fussed about this particular competition, uh, least of all Plymouth away. So it's a good chance for players to get minutes uh, in their legs. Would always want us to put in a good performance with maximum effort from the players who do play. Interesting that Richie Wellens repeatedly said we didn't start the game well. We looked lethargic throughout that interview as well. It's going to be a very long season if we start every game like that and have to start one or two nil down before we then get going. So yes, that's a dangerous position to be in, but uh, hopefully that's, uh, that's been eradicated now. Yeah, I think my views. It's always nice to have a run in the League Cup, but we haven't been past fair, the first round in years. It's hard to be bothered. I mean, even if you do get the Championship team, it's very rare they play their first team yeah. anyway these days. So not too bothered. I mean, watching the highlights earlier, we should have actually taken the lead. We had a big, big chance at 0-0 where Beckwith hits the post and the rebounds blazed over the bar. If that goes in, it's a different, a different game. But again, self-inflicted at 0-0. Beckles has got a basic back pass to make. He underhits it. Their man gets through and capitalises. Again, just basic defensive errors. I mean, we can look back and go, well, it's only the League Cup and it's against Plymouth. However, the game it's still moment, a competitive game of football mm. and it's a game-changing moment. I think at this point, the injuries were already starting to become a concern. Galbraith picked up a knock in this game and you can see already long-term injuries like Adji and Thompson. Uh, Sanders was out at this point as well. You're thinking... Hang on a minute, like we really look like bare bones at the start of the season. Jordan yeah. Graham, obviously not a fit, gets like 45 minutes, but obviously it's taken off at half time. So you look at it and go in, it's a pretty difficult start for him with a big game against Portsmouth coming up. There's a lot of big players already missing from that team. So that was my main worry going in uh, or coming out of that game. But again, massive kudos. It's 147 fans who made that massively long Amen. journey to Plymouth. Amen to that on a Tuesday night as well. Yeah. Um, Keaton seems to be the busiest man at <laughs> the club at the moment, doesn't he? Mark Ross, 63689509, said, Not panicking, but I'm worried we've been so complacent with defensive recruitment. Turns had never kicked a ball in League One, and Omar making casual mistakes in our first two games. James and Hunt aren't being pushed to hold their places, so where's the competition coming from? Yeah, Josh Benj, 92, said, Would be interesting to hear what Wellens has to say on this. One shot on target from 14 efforts. It's just pathetic. Not to mention the defensive mistakes. Got a lot of work to do before Saturday. Chris Coe, 56680799, said, Just pleased to have a... Just pleased to have got a pointless game in and even more pointless competition out the way. The positives are Sam Howes had his competitive debut, Pigger and Graham got more 
minutes having missed pre-season, as did some youngsters. The negatives, one shot on target and the injury to Galbraith. Matt McCarthy, 86, and hopefully it changes soon. But I can't see where the goals are coming from. They played down the side so often and the full-backs couldn't cope with it. Beckles poor for the first goal. Graham put some quality balls in. We missed the pace of Edgy, which he would have provided. So already you can see concerns about we- where, where the... F- Chances and opportunities are going to come from. Yes, yeah. down our wings. Yeah, down our wings, putting pressure on our full backs and then putting balls in the box. We don't seem to be able to deal with that, uh, which is obviously a massive issue. James Eastwood, 83, said Plymouth on a Tuesday night is not the easiest of journeys, so we lost. Move on, let's not lose our heads one game into the season. Just hope the injury list doesn't pile up too much. Hashtag every moment together. Final word away to Plymouth was Tyler Osborne, 94, who said to be expected, really. We'll lose in the first round to Plymouth away next year again, no doubt. Got a tough run of fixtures to focus on. Just take it as another fitness and gelling session and go again in E10. So prediction, quite a few correct predictions on this one. Chris W underscore one, uh, D Grodent, at Rob JB1974, Paul Gregory, Dave Brew, 47976911, Steve Chaplin, for that tall, O's fan, the winner of last yes. year's prediction league, is on, on up and running. Kid Samson O, Do Lewis, and the authentic Gaz, John McNabo and Nick underscore Clark 99. You guys all correctly predicted the result, the correct result. You uh, are terrible people for predicting <laughs> that we'd lose. Uh, and you, but you will get three points. We'll do a prediction league table update at some point. Absolutely. Thursday, the 10th of August, in the day mark, the 55th anniversary of the first play of Tijuana Taxi by Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass at Brisbane Road on the 10th of August 1968 as Orient played Rotherham United in a free-all draw. Fact finders out there, amazing facts for you all. Absolutely right. Friday the 11th of August, the club confirmed that the gallery, formerly the Legends Lounge, will no longer be accessible for supporters without tickets in that area of the stadium on a match day. Instead, supporters are invited to head to the South Stand Bar, which will remain open until 7 now you may remember it's previously been open after the match on a queuing and a first come first serve basis with a capacity of X amount of people. That is now no longer an option for you unless you have a gallery match ticket. It's fair to say this did cause uh, a big reaction on yep. social media. It's just about calm a down. A negative now reaction as we speak. Shall I think we, we say? I think we. I think we well, well, it is because people like to go up and, and spend time in the West End. The players go up there, so it's nice to have a chat with some of the players after a match as well. So now people won't be able to do that. Yeah, well, I think it makes fans feel closer mm-hmm. to the club, and obviously mm-hmm. it takes that way. I mean, personally, I've never gone to the gallery, so for I me, a few it, times. it won't affect my kind of post-match. But if you were going to the gallery after every match, you're spending. 20 quid, 30 quid on drinks in there or even a teller. It's obviously income that the club aren't going to get. There's a lot of people who say they won't bother going to the South Stand bar. And I, I can see why they wouldn't. It's, it's quite not, a big difference between nice the South Stand bar. No, so, yeah, it seems like the club may have shot themselves in the foot with that one. I we'll so. see if any update comes out of that one. So let's move on to Saturday, the 12th of August. The youth team were in action away at Sutton United. They lost the game 4-1. Unlucky there to the unknowns. Beat beat White Sutton United. Yeah, well picked up, whoever picked that one up, because it wasn't on the club socials. The main event of the day, though, was Portsmouth at home. Our first home game of the season. Big, big game. And as always, we ran a poll before the game. 347 (coughs) votes. 32% of you thought a draw. 33% thought a win. But an overwhelming, pessimistic lot thought 35%. 
Absolutely. Thought we'd lose. Absolutely. All right, team was announced. Two o'clock. Two o'clock. 3 p.m. where I was. Well, I still was some baby. Didn't see any Pompey fans, though, so uh, no shame in that. Well, I did see two Charlton fans before the Charlton game. So, anyway, back to the podcast. Sam Howes was named in goal with James, Beckles, Happy and Sweeney at the back. Or Mizzouni, Brown and Monker uh, in midfield of Archibald to two. And Piggott making up the 11 on the bench. We had Byrne, Hunt, Turns, Sanders, Graham, Obiero and Pegram. That meant Sol Brin missed out as he was injured with a broken foot apparently. That was on Friday. Darren Prattley missed out through illness. And in the warm-up, shock, we picked up another injury. This time it was Tom James. He was replacing the starting lineup by none other <laughs> than Rob Hunt. I mean, okay, first of all, there was no kind of... Uh, communication from the club not that they do anyway because they don't want to obviously show their hand to the opposition but to not see Sol Brin on the team sheet for that game was an instant concern amongst yeah. pretty much every Orient fan who saw that initial team announcement so initially concerns were well if Brin is injured and it's serious then he's going to go back to Middlesbrough so hopefully his injury isn't that bad although it's kind of been alluded it's not that bad but no kind of official what it is and confirmation what it is, so yeah. first of all missing Brin quite bad second I thought Dan Prattley actually was going to be a massive miss for this match with his experience and his know-how I think to have Prattley in the middle of the pitch uh, not you know not to kind of take anything away from Elmiz or Brown or Moncur but I think if Prattley's fit he starts over Brown in that game for me against a very strong Portsmouth team so I think missing Prattley was a big miss although Brown deserves his chance to be fair again I never like not seeing Royal played down the middle so again for me it's almost like a waste of a player, almost, although I can see why so he's being played where he is. I thought Turns might get an odd in this one, but, you know, not taking it away from Beckles or Happy, but pleased to see a back four as opposed to a back five because it would have been easy again for Richie to go five at the mm, back mm. with the threat ports we've had. So quite happy, although concerned by the injuries that I saw. Yeah, I echo that. I mean, how unlucky are we at the moment with our injuries? I hope uh, Sol and, and Tom aren't out for too long. Uh, still, side as you alluded to, still got enough experience to, to do well in this game. You know, whether you, know, you hope for a win, would have taken a point before the game kicked off. And obviously, if it's a loss, didn't want it to be a heavy loss. I mean, um, you, you look at it, you go, Joe Piggott, this, this game is tailor-made for Joe Piggott. He was at Portsmouth last season. It's his home debut, so... There's been enough Ride the Rovers stories come to fruition over the years. You go, right, Piggott should hopefully pick up a goal against his former employers and on his home debut. Like, it is that. He doesn't need his it? motivation. Yeah. And that. So it's quite optimistic again before the game. But like I said, Portsmouth always start the season off well. I think they'd won their first game uh, as well, from what I remember. Uh, but we had a few views when the team was announced. The Orient chat came, gave it short and simple and said, swap Beckles for turns. And that's all right. Yeah, Paul Red Rum said it's a shame we have so many injuries. I feel all our player, if all our players are fit, we could give anyone a game. I suppose it gives some fringe players a chance to impress and stake a claim, which is a really good point. Really good point. It really does make a, a good opportunity for them. So again, we're going to cover this one really, really briefly. Before the match kicked off, there was respect paid to Chris Bart Williams. There was a minute's applause as Lee One Football returned to Brisbane Road after more than a few years away. So the O's fell behind this one in the 23rd minute as an in-swinging corner was met by Marlon Pack, whose side-footed effort slowly rolled over the line into the far post to make it 1-0. One that, became two. Yeah, that was like watching like it's a gold in slow motion, wasn't it? It was terrible. Yeah, brilliant yeah. again. Poor defending. 41st yeah. minute, we came close to an equaliser as George Moncler's shot was blocked by Paul. But Pompey added a second in the 44th minute uh, as a cross was swung in from the right-hand side 
and Colby Bishop headed home as the first half ended with the visitors 2-0 up. Yeah, Kid Sampson tweeted us and said, in terms of general play, Orient don't really deserve to be behind at half-time. Pompey only really much better than us at diving, but they've taken their two clear-cut chances and we've messed up ours. <laughs> Slightly more politely put there by the beer yes. in the jar. They attendance announced at 8,372 with 1,246 Pompey fans making the journey. There were no changes for the O's at half-time. Richie Williams was booked in the 49th minute and the game was all but over in the 52nd minute as Omar Beckel somehow volleyed home rights cross from the right past a despairing poor Sam Howes to put Pompey 3 up. That is a spectacular own goal and poor Sam Howes like on your kind of like home debut you've been thrusted into the first team because the first choice goalkeeper has has got injured and then you, you're 2-0 down already and then your, your captain and centre-back and your PFA chairman has just lobbed you <laughs> by, by accident. If you said to Omar Beckles, I'm going to cross that ball in a hundred times, put that in the top bins, he'd never, he'd be, never able do do he'd never be able to do it again. He'd never be able to do it again. Great finish, Omar. We can look back and laugh now because it's all uh, it's eight all days ago. In the past, but, yeah. yeah, at the time, just absolutely disbelief. A triple sub in the 70th minute for it. It's Max Sanders, Ed Turns and Charlie Pegram came on for George Monker, Jaden Sweeney and Joe Piggott. And shortly after, Jordan Graham came on for Jordan Brown and with seven minutes of injury time added on, Pompey won a penalty as Omar Beckles pulled back his man uh, in the box. 93rd minute in, Cassini, Yengi stepped up, easily dispatched a penalty to make it 4-0, which is how the match finished as the O's fell to a very heavy home defeat. Yeah, Richie Wellens' interview is again on all the club's social media channels. He said briefly, uh, he said the first half, uh, probably with a better team. It doesn't matter, mate. If you're going to switch off for two minutes and be two nil down, it doesn't matter. Yeah. What you do he for can't the change that minutes. though. There's no amount of changing <clears throat> the training that you can do with a player. If he switches off, if he lapses concentration or has a moment, you're going to get punished. Like we're upper league now. We're not. Absolutely. We're not. We're not in a. Uh, you know, we're playing against like ex championship like players and clubs and stuff like that. Um, so my views on that just very quickly we've all seen the highlights it's really not pretty at times is it I didn't see this result coming to be honest I, I didn't see a 4-0 no. maybe 1 or 2 or 2-1 two, something like that but now that's 3 games without a goal we've got minus 5 goal difference in the league now uh, I'm not panicked by this at all though I think it's fair to say I didn't expect too much from the first uh, from these two league fixtures against teams who I think will probably be in the top six come the end of the season. Yeah. So again, not kind of like no anxiety, no stress, like it is what it is and, and, and you know, we've got so many injuries, there's so many mitigating reasons why we we haven't done that well. Um, but we need to cut out the silly errors. Like we're the we're the we're the architects of our own demise. It's not that we've been outplayed. Like we haven't once yeah. said Charlton outplayed us. We've not once said Plymouth have done really well and outplayed us and Portsmouth. Like these are teams that are going to be up and around it, obviously Plymouth aside. Um, and we're holding our own. It's just our own yeah. errors, our own issues that are causing this to be uh, the issue. Um, you know, we've got to do better. We've got to work harder than the opposition and, and the results will come. Yeah, I think my view is I should keep it very short and sweet. I think even though it's early in the season against one of the fancy teams to go up, I think that could be a damaging defeat from a confidence point of view for the players. Yeah. I also think from a confidence and morale point of view from the fan base as well, that was quite a damaging defeat. I think one was to Charlton, go right, one goal, switch yeah. for one moment. If luck had gone differently, we maybe might have snuck a draw at the valley. You kind of come away going, I'm. I'm fairly happy with that I would have taken that I think a week later to come away from a 4-0 home defeat to Portsmouth you can't you can't roast in that 
you can't say, oh, well, it's Port- I can certainly go, well, Portsmouth are one of the better teams in the division. If you switch off four times, they're going to score four times against you. However, that uh, that's quite a hard defeat to come back from. So if you're Omar Beckles, you've scored an own goal, you've given away a penalty, you're the captain, your team's been transformed it all. It's quite hard to come back from that. Sam Howe's making his League One debut. Yeah. He conceded four goals. Mm. Most of them poor defending, and I think the second one... They're not his fault, though. You, still, I think the second one, you go, you could have done better on that one. Right. I think apart from the second one, you go, the first one, the guys unmarked, it's rolled slowly, but you won't you won't get in there anyway. Yeah. The second one, you should have done better on. The third, no keeper's getting that, because it's landing it's at back foot. Yeah. And the fourth one is just a penalty. Yeah. And it comes with 50-50. So I think from a Sam Howe's, that's very damaging as well but again we didn't really create many chances even though we've covered that game very briefly I think at 1-0 Monko has a chance and he gets blocked by a defender other than that not really much to mention I think that's where the big concern was coming from I think a lot of a lot of criticism is going to follow for Omar Beckles and again the whole defence you can't gloss away from you've conceded four goals at home it's not great however I think for me first goal it's all about Archibald not getting close enough to his man quite clearly so I don't know why Beckles gets so much criticism for the first goal. I think the second goal is mainly for me on Hunt to get closer to his man. So again, Rob Hunt for me is the one if you're going to point a finger you go, Hunt, you should be doing better there. And maybe how should get closer. The third goal was just a freak in nature and the fourth goal you go, right, Omar, what are you doing? But by that point, it's like the 93rd minute. They probably just want to get off the pitch, right? They're 3-0 down. He's probably giving them a tongue. It is what it is. So yeah, really, really, I kind of, even though second game of the season not to overreact demoralising quite concerning from a player's confidence point of view but also around the injury list so we were barely getting by away at Plymouth for now you go this week Bryn's got injured who's a massive loss I think we're all happy when, I think we're all elated when Sol Bryn signed as the obvious yeah. replacement but take him out and you got to keep a stepping up so Bryn is a massive concern uh, and as well all the other players who are injured at the same time so really really concerning Prattley again now and Tom James in the warm-up again so as well as Ed Towns the previous week James in the warm-up so again what what are you doing in the warm-up what's happening again mm-hmm. it's not the last time I'm going to talk about the warm-up because another injury is going to happen in the Wickham warm-up but spoiler alert what are you doing like what is going on they don't seem to be this club has always been fairly good I'd say in terms of pre-season I know, I know Richie doesn't really care about pre-season what he says he doesn't like of, it doesn't like it but we've never had this previously or this growing injury list where going into a season all these injuries are happening so again you can put it down to a freak season but obviously when you're in the season like we are it's massively concerning because you can't play Richard Wellington isn't going to be able to play his first 11 his first chosen 11 to what January if Dan Adji is out for five months mm-hmm. and the club still haven't put out an update or a re- rehabilitation update on that which if he's out for five months they probably should or do something around it but if he is out until January right when is it it playing his first 11 until January earliest and if he's out for five months he's not going to start on his first game he's going to have to be built up so maybe February February. that's crazy (laughs) how are you supposed to be the main man yeah, Valentine's Day not, treat for all of us. And as it stands, and obviously we'll talk a bit more about Richie's post-match against Blackpool, they haven't replaced Dan Adji. Jordan Graham, no? Don't think so. Not for me anyway, but obviously we could talk about that, I guess, towards the end of the pod. But Dan Adji, I guess, is, is the one. And Richie's spoken about speed. We need speed to get to Piggott. Again, I think we're maybe digressing slightly, but Piggott is the nine. So they're, they're not going to sign another number nine. Piggott is the man. Piggott will be on decent money 
he's come to us from Ipswich where he's had his contract terminated it's join us Piggott is the chosen one Piggott's not being dropped Piggott is no. number nine mm-hmm. it's who you play around Piggott it's the two who you're running off the left and on the right off Piggott mm-hmm. where Adji obviously would have been the one on the left and I guess Archibald is obviously the one on the right but now you've got Jordan Graham on the left and Archibald still on the right and Ruel playing Jordan behind. Graham's not still not f- he's not fully fit is he's still he, not though? fully fit and we're yeah. not being funny it's 20th of August like we're four games at this point we're two games in now we're four games in but Jordan Graham still isn't match fit from what mm-hmm. I'm led to believe because he's not starting mm-hmm. so back to my original points. point I was concerned although I'm not panicking and again you can't panic after two games to get hammered 4-0 at home from a confidence point of view and a young goalkeeper where do you, like, you go from there mm-hmm. Simon I imagine at full time Simon Royce grabs Sam Owls and goes right chin up don't worry about don't it don't worry about yeah, it yeah it's done but and I imagine Richie and Porto we go to Omar just bad day at the office we go again like chill out whatever yeah of course but 4-0 yeah and like you said minus 5 goal difference after 2, two games. games it's not great hard to come back from yeah it really is those were our views <laughs> sorry quite, that was quite in depth no, yeah. no, no, massive massive dissection there John W triple nine said some O's fans really need to get a grip we've gone up a level we're going to lose some games perhaps some have some poor performances and maybe even the occasional league defeat that's some treat this is um, uh, that, sorry that's some treat this as if the apocalypse has occurred is bonkers I've got every faith in those running the club they know what they're doing and will get things right over the course of the season very tough opening fixtures 10 games in we'll have a clearer idea of where we're at some players won't be good enough and will be weeded out football is a brutal meritocracy have a season like last year is very much abnormal for which is why you need to enjoy every moment of it when it happens nicely so put true. there John yeah. you and Carter 25 said very poor performance out there defending with Sunday league standard it's simple you stick two players on the post defending a corner Omar Beckles how is he undroppable he is simply not fit enough to wear the shirt an absolute liability in defence I'd say that's a bit hard on Omar you're obviously a promotion winner uh, and done alright last season but you've got to give him a chance and obviously he's going nowhere because he signed what a two year deal in the summer so you know some people talking about dropping Omar dropping Piggott like it's not how you breed confidence in people it's just not going to happen because they're on two year deals and again they're not going to suddenly yeah but also more fundamentally they have something to offer the team they just need to find their groove and their rhythm and stop making stupid mistakes yeah basically well put Um, Drakey Boy 12-12 said Elmi is carrying the team defensively very poor and no threat in the final third equals no chance of winning the game Injuries are hurting us badly and the budget is blown. It's going to be a long season. LFC 99 said, we have a big problem. That defence is here to stay and they look shocking. League 2 defence, League 1 midfield and a League 2 attack. Can't see anything other than relegation. Dave Brew 47976911 said, not much to say after that other than our season will not be defined by games against Charlton, Portsmouth and the like. It will be against Cambridge, Fleetwood and the like. Moncur way off it. But had he scored, it would have been one all and possibly a different game. Very good uh, points there from Dave about you know it's the teams around you who you need to pick up points. From. Yeah, well, it's this mid, this top eight, mid, late, bottom eight, as as um, Martin and Richie have said. Yeah, it's really very much about that. It's where you see yourself in which one of those three groups. Well, obviously, it won't be to top Ca- eight. Well, obviously, come on to Cambridge a bit later because I, yeah. I imagine in Martin and Richie's world, Cambridge would have been in that middle section. Yeah, maybe probably. even in that bottom eight section. Yeah. And obviously, as it stands. They're leading the pack. 
the top of the way. But so it's only three, four games in. Oh, absolutely. So let's not get carried away. No, but let's, again, we digress because I'm going to go on to another point that probably left a bit later on. David, music teach. Another new handle for welcome. us. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. To be honest, not sure where to start. Poor defending and keeping it set plays first half. Players gave up at 3-0. Lots of players even not good enough or were invisible. That said, Kent Teague always says judge us after 10 games. So by the Shrewsbury game, we'll have a better picture. That is a good point. Kent has always been blocks. Look at it 10 by 10. Yeah. So we have to do that. But we're a weekly podcast, as we've said before. Yes. So we look at everything in isolation. And I guess from a, a longer term view, if you look at it in a 10 game block, by that point, the transfer window is gone. So if you realise after 10 games you're shafted and your players aren't good enough, you can't Tough. do anything. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to do the best that you can. Yeah. TX Trev said, Why doesn't anybody question why we keep getting so many injuries? One or two, you might be unlucky, but it seems to be the normal out club. Who does the fitness test before a player signs? Fair point. Is it? Because they don't come to us injured. Well, they don't, but then you go Sanders, got injured. New signing. Aji, got injured. Yeah, but broken, they've broken bones, haven't they? They've not just got like muscle tears or anything yeah. like that. Galbraith has picked up a soul. A few little injuries. Yeah. Soul. Yeah, Tom, interesting. Tom point. James is probably more su- not superficial, but it's not a break of any description. Yeah, yeah, it's it, strain. Probably interesting one. Maybe it's just a bad luck curse after having so much good luck last year. Obviously, yeah. karma is here to balance itself out. D John's nineteen eighty eight. So it was always going to be tough, uh, a tough start, even without the injuries. Can't judge where we are at for at least a while. These are teams we won't be competing with. We got away with giving away three or four chances a game last year and maybe conceding one goal. Giving it away in League One, we will concede either two or three. That's a great point. Especially there were the so many sides. times last year where we gave away possession and teams should have capitalised and for whatever Did reason, it. you had things in goal making incredible saves who we don't have this season, not to take anything away from Bryn or House. So you had, you had a at least a championship keeper making amazing saves like penalty saves like amazing mm-hmm. saves that mm-hmm. we don't have this year mm-hmm. you had forwards who weren't as uh, prolific in the box was clinical in the box whereas this year you know you don't make you make one mistake away at Charlton they score you make four at home to Portsmouth and they score all literally four. all four Colby Bishop once he gets ahead of Hunt there's only one place that ball's going in the net whereas maybe in League 2 when you're away at Barrow or someone and they're sent a forward to beat you to the ball he heads over the bar or wide and you go, all right, we were lucky to get away that one and you have a bit of a laugh about it after the game. We go, we were lucky there. League One, it's a different completely gravy, different it? gravy, yeah. Yeah, Orient Boy gets the final word on this. He said, adversity strikes and the non-fans uh, begin their attacks. Obviously, we were supposed to walk this league. Please support the whole club, players and backroom staff. We are in a new league with some very big budget teams and it's going to take some time. Build confidence, no doubt. Good Tweet to end on from Orient Boy. Only one correct prediction this one. Unfortunately, it was the guy who sits in front of us. I'm going to have to tip a beer over his head when I see him on Saturday. Orient underscore heads. Spot on. Always predicts an Orient defeat. So he begrudgingly gets a three points. Begrudgingly is the right word. Shame <laughs> on you. Sunday the 13th of August. The O's ladies finish their pre-season fixtures with a 7-2 thrashing against Colchester United. So well done to the ladies. Absolutely. Monday the 14th of August. And I landed back in the UK. That wasn't the only news that happened as the club announced the loan signing of 19-year-old striker Shaq Ford from Watford who joins us on loan for the rest of the season. Last season, Shaq 
played in the National League for York, scoring nine goals in 20 appearances. Your views on the signing of Mr Ford, Biddy Lejeune? Yeah, I'm li- of course I give him the support as a fan, but I'm not convinced that this signing will be the answer to our striker issue, uh, especially considering Charlie Pegram has had a good pre-season and did well against Charlton by all accounts. So, yeah, slightly underwhelmed, but obviously don't want to... Um, discredit the guy at all you know he's going to come here get experience nine goals in 20 is still good at whatever level you're playing yeah. but now we're two levels above yeah. that now so you're going to be in a completely different uh, fish pond here so I hope I hope we see uh, some the quality attributes that the staff have seen to make us sign him um, but yeah time will tell but I'll support him obviously absolutely yeah Agree with you for the most part. I mean, it's not one to get the the, the pulses racing, is it? Jump out your seat, but you Young never know. Watford. Well, I mean, like Martin said, most of the budget is gone, so they're never going to go and sign someone. Who I think really the budget's done. Well, right. now, as we sit here today, I think I'm pretty sure the budget's done. Well, Mr. Wellens did say in his post match yesterday they're up in the budget again to get one more in this week, so hopefully they get someone in. But I wonder if that comes out of the 300 grand for January then. I would imagine so, but like you said. <coughs> 9 and 20 nothing to be sniffed at but that was two divisions below so yeah. it's a jump of two divisions yeah, quite for me not a starter but could be a decent last 15 minute option obviously got pace to burn in the video snippet they showed him and he literally said Ed turns to another country like he turns it. he turns past Ed turns and Ed turns goes flying out of the way like slides to get the ball yeah. literally out of the way so yeah, we'll always give it give trainers training. a chance. Obviously, yeah. deserves it. A few tweets we had about the sign of Shaq, Dave, M one eight one two. So it looks good. Also, Omar Risa is head academy coach at Watford, so I'm sure he's probably steered him in that direction. Uh, ACW two five two five says Shaq Ford. He sounds like a Detroit private eye. Come on, Shaq. Absolutely. So Tuesday, the fifteenth of August, then. So in the morning, Omar Beckles, Paul Smith, and Lawrence Vigory were nominated for the PFA League Two Player of the Year. With the winner announced on the 29th of August. Why? I don't quite understand why they've announced those nominations now. If Paul Smith wins it now, although I'll be happy for him, I guess most Orient fans or a selection of Orient fans won't be. Riggles at Burnley. Uh, and Beckles is a League, a league One defender. Like Again, a nice thing to have, but why not just do Good that gym. at the end of the season? Yeah, yeah straight. Major. But worth yeah. covering anyway. May, uh, uh, yeah, so um, Wickham away was the main event of Tuesday night, just around the N25 there. At 6.45, the team was announced with Howes, James, Turns and Beckles with Happy. Brown, El Mazzuni, Moncur, Satiriu, Archibald and Pickup making up the rest of the starting eleven with Byrne, Hunt, Galbraith, Graham, Obiero, Ford and Pegram all taking their place on the bench. Ah, oh, but there's always a twist, isn't there? There so always there, is. There, meant there were two changes from Saturday's team against Portsmouth as Tom James and Ed Turns came into the side. New signing Shaq Ford was named on the bench like Mr Levy said. However... He was injured in the warm-up. It's like the third game where someone's been injured in the warm-up. Yeah. Every game, three. every league game. And was replaced <coughs> by Harrison Soji. It was quite funny where uh, the club tweeted that he'd been injured in the warm-up and it was very swiftly. I don't know if it, they said he'd been deli- They said he'd been injured, but they put something out along those lines and very quickly deleted it. So no one really knew. If you weren't in the ground, you didn't really know what was going on. But again, it was just funny watching the reaction to another... And I yeah, guess again a laugh about it now because it's four or five days later. But at the time you're thinking, how has another player, how has the new loan signing been injured in the warm up? Yeah, it's just how, how <laughs> does that work? Um, yeah, your views on that? 
yeah, so again, when you look at it, James, I couldn't work out if it was a back four or a back five, but for me, good to see James back, so not long term, which is good. I'd expect to see Ford at some point, which again, would never happen because this was written as the team was announced. And I did put his Graham still not fully fit. So it's been it's been two weeks now since we signed Jordan Graham. Mm. And he's still not fit to start a game. No, because he didn't well, get much of a pre-season. You can't just throw him into a game. You can't. You can't throw him in. But he's been he's been with a full fledged football squad. He would have been training at some point before he joined Norman. He wouldn't mm. have been banished. No, even if he was banished from Birmingham, he would still be. Tra- it's the, different. The but at what different. point does a League One footballer become prepared physically, mentally? I don't know to make a start. It might be that Richie goes. Actually, I'm starting to two him, and which is. We're in his remit because we're going to see two come up with the goods in this one. But if Graham is going to be first choice, I expect him to be actually, based on where he plays mm. and based on his record. And I guess he's probably coming at a decent wage as well, dropping down from the championship mm. on a two year deal. I would expect Graham to start. At what point does Graham become fit enough? If he's fit enough to, I think we've always said on this, if you're fit enough to name someone on the bench, you've got to be prepared. If the two you gets injured in the fifth minute of this game, which yeah. he didn't, do you not play Graham because you go, oh, I can't play him for that amount of time. For me, I I don't know. I think Graham's for me is taking a bit longer than what I would anticipate. No, I think being. I think you're being a bit harsh on him to be fair because okay. he because he didn't have a preseason, um, and to get up to the level of match fit fitness, otherwise they wouldn't need a preseason, would they? They just do two weeks rather than than a month. No, of course right? not. But he he would have still been training, and I don't know enough about what what he was doing at Bowman, whether he was training alone, whether he was training with the squad, yeah. whether he was. In any of their friendlies, that the backstory. But I'm just surprised that someone from a cha- it's a championship standard he's coming from. It's not like a national league south or mm. national league where it's less intense or whatever. He's coming from a higher level to come down, mm. and he's still not what you would call fit or match fit or ninety minute fit to play. Mm. At some point, when does he become match fit to give us ninety minutes? Because mm. for me, that's the expectation. Yeah, soon. But I guess I, so. I guess that's one for Richie really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to understand. For me it looked like a three five two with the wing back option or possibly even a three four three. Um but I'm surprised James is fit to start, let alone be in the squad. Uh bit of a snub to, to Rob Hunt. Um that James was injured, Rob Hunt goes in and then gets dropped as soon as Tom James is fit again, considering Richie's used Rob in or brought Rob into previous clubs he's been at. Um, and obviously knows Rob and, and knows yeah. what his qualities are. Bit bit of a surprise for me. We need a big performance against a side who have not started well either. Absolutely, they were one above or one below us in the league as that as that game started. So yeah, interesting. Lots and lots of views actually when this team was announced. We're going to mention quite a few because there's quite a big reaction to the team being announced. Derby five oh seven said, "I'm glad that Turns is playing." Beckles looked shot at the end of the game on Saturday. Still very short on firepower. Paul Ravens39 said, Can only assume that Turns is at fullback. It appears Sanders is injured again as he's not on the bench. So that's a bit of a concern. I was also hoping that Graham would be ready to start by now. So your, your comment yeah. uh, there as well. Ron Sampson15 said, Beckles is lucky to keep his place in my opinion. I hope the new guy comes on sooner rather than later. We need a goal. And where's Sanders? I'll take a draw. Lee Friend 74 said, I was hoping Shaq would start. Samuel LOFC said, Turns coming in. I think it's a good move. The goals we've conceded mainly crosses, and when we lose the ball in our own half from a sloppy pass, James can become inverted, allowing Elmis to push on in possession, which should hopefully give us more numbers around the box. The bench also, Ford, Crane, Pegram, and Galbraith. Plenty of game changes there. Ed Turns said, Hooray. Nice to see my namesake is starting. <laughs> he loves the hopefully, orange. Hopefully, some points in this game. Apostolos Andre Nair said, don't get the anti-Beckles comment. He's a key man in the spine of his team. 
against Portsmouth, only three players performed to a reasonable level. Yeah, absolutely right. So, the match between two teams yet to pick up a league point kicked off and it was Wickham who took the lead in the 15th minute as a corner was cleared but found its way back to Leahy. His cross towards the back post found Jolo sliding in, holding off Omar Beckles to divert the ball past Sam Howes and into the far post to make it 1-0 to the host. I mean, Beckles was was poor there. Um, he shouldn't have been beaten in that situation for me. I thought it was poor defending again as cost as a goal. It's just so frustrating that there's more mistakes and, and, and we're not winning up at individual battles well enough, anywhere near well enough, and we're being punished at every possible opportunity. It's not like he's hit into the side netting or it's gone out for a corner. He's scored from it. This is a centre-back as well. So Josh Lowe is a centre-back. He's not a centre-forward. So... Yeah, concerning. But again, all too easy for Wickham. If you were a Wickham scout, watch us against Portsmouth, you would have been saying to them, just put, get the ball the wide, box. put the ball into the box. They can't defend crosses and 15 correct. minutes into the game. It's probably correct. Yeah, yeah. Beckles would be disappointed with that one. The man just beats him, gets to the better side of him and just slides it in. So again, I feel, I feel quite sorry for Howes because not much Howes could do correct. in that situation. There. Not, not much of these six goals against us are, are, are his fault. Being let down by his defence there. So one down after 15 minutes again to a team who hadn't scored a league goal all season. Yeah. 24th minute, a big save from Sam Howes as he denied Phillips who looked to be offside although there was no flag from the linesman so Howes doing well there. 34 minutes were on the clock and the ball into our left wing from Dan Happy found Theo Archibald who's superb cross found Ruel Soteriu inside the 18-yard box. He volleyed the ball in the net to get his account and Orient's off the mark as he scored our first goal back in League One. Great cross from uh, Theo Archibald. Great finish from Ruel. That's what I like about Ruel. I'm a big fan of Ruel Soteriu, in case you hadn't figured that out. I think he's got genuine good quality. Simple football, right? Yeah. Literally simple football. They defend, can't defend the box. Defend that to the wing. Yeah, they can't defend the box. <laughs> Put it in there. Real. Great finish, to be fair, from Real. Bosch. Could have skied that. I've seen players sky that. Or well. like Rose Edit, he's taken that expertly. I've got to say, well played to Archibald. Cross was on the plate for Real. Yeah. Lovely Perfect cross. cross. Great cross Pinpoint there. cross there. Beautiful stuff. Jordan Brown was booked in the 40th minute and with three minutes of additional time played, no further talking points in the first half. Whistleblown, seems tied at one all. Yeah, Joe Jessner, 16, said, I have to say this now, the abuse that Beckles is getting from some is disrespectful. He's clearly having a very rough start to the season and probably needs a rest. And as ever, he, as nobody is, is not immune to fair criticism, which I agree with at the moment for what it's worth, but telling the guy who's absolutely instrumental in getting us promoted remember that happened to our defence uh, what happened to our defence when he got injured last year to bleep off after three bad performances is just crazy in what way are we fans if three games is how far our support extends that is an unbelievably brilliant tweet great tweet there from Joe putting it all back into perspective well done Joe great tweet there attendance I don't think it was officially announced but there were 843 away fans making the journey so well done to everyone who made that journey over to Wickham so the second half kicked off no subs for the O's game changing moment though in the 50th minute as Dan Happy received a red card as he was just pulled back Daly or Taylor just outside the box as he was through a goal the ref gave him his marching orders and also put Richie Wellens and someone else on the O's bench as well Yeah. your views on the red then um, you've seen these given and you've seen these not they were both tugging at each other's shirts He's the last man. That's the rule, isn't it? But it still feels a bit harsh because they were both tugging each other's shirts. If Dan would have gone down, 
would we have got anything for it? Their man's gone down and Dan's got red for it. I think it's a red. I, I, I think it's a red. I can't say much more than that. They, Dan clearly, clearly gets slightly ahead of Dan and Dan yeah. does tug him. If yeah. Dan doesn't tug him, he's through on goal with a goal-scoring opportunity. Now, I, I don't know the rules of the uh, refereeing law but inside out, but the problem, he's through on goal. The problem why we have slightly differing opinions and others do as well is because the lack of consistency oh, in yeah, refereeing yeah, yeah. decisions. You, we've seen it already. Yeah. We've seen it from Portsmouth. We've seen it from yesterday's game. It's just the lack of consistent refereeing uh, has absolutely killed the game. Yeah. One sees it one way, one sees it another. That's why I started off by saying I've seen these given. I've also seen them not given. Because, you know, for all we know, the guy could have just felt a little tug on his shirt. He goes down um, and he's, he's conning the referee. You know what I mean? So there's all this play acting. Yeah, the guy, the guy knows what he's doing when he goes down. He's, yeah, he's, not, sure. a, he's, not, a, he's not immune he's to no it. Fault. So red card was brandished. The O's were down to tell men. 54th minute, Sam Howard made a fantastic save to deny Taylor from giving Wick in the lead. Omar Beckles cleared the ball and it was end-to-end stuff as the O's had a counter-attack. Satuyu and George Moncur both had efforts on goal. But Strychek in goal for Wickham was equal to both of them. There were some big chances Correct. for us. I thought Burrell was going to put that one into the back 100%. of there. If we take the lead there 2-1, completely different game. Yeah. Completely different. The crowd would have turned on them. Our heads go up. Yeah, it's just it's, and we it's some what if some maybes, isn't it? It's what if some maybes. Correct. Isn't it? And we played some good football, so I genuinely think our towers would have gone up and probably stayed up. 68 minutes on the clock here. Wickham took the lead again as a short corner move saw Leahy get the ball. And again, his cross into the box found Joe Lowe at the back post. He held off Theo and headed into the net to make it 2-1. I mean, Theo was furious at that because you could see him thumping the thumping ground after. Uh, he, 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 you know, he knows he should have done better there. Our goal to concede and, and, and from a set-piece routine, we did nothing to stop the cross either. Uh, which I thought was poor from us. No one goes out to close the, the cross down from their short corner routine. And, and yeah, you could see Theo thumping the ground, so he was he was furious with himself. Fair enough. Yeah, very poor again. I mean, Lowe's a centre-back. He's got yeah. two goals in this game. Yeah, legend. Won't, won't get an easy two goals all season. Correct. So, very frustrating. Theo Archibald, though, you have to be stronger yeah. in, in that situation. But he was no worse than what... Um, Omar Beckham yeah, was of course. the first goal. Of course, of course. So, 71st minute in... Almost an equaliser for the O's as Fia Archibald had an effort, looked destined for the top bins, but Strychek got a hand to it, made a decent save. Yeah, Jordan Graham replaced George Moncur in the 74th and in the 77th minute, uh, Ethan Galbraith replaced Jordan Brown. 80th minute, we, I, think, I think we knew it was all going to not be our night in this one. Corner routine, saw the ball come to Tom James. He fired a shot at goal, good 20 yards out. Keeper may have had it covered or not, but hit the post either way and went away from goal. Yeah, hit the post. Uh, 84 minutes now nearly the end of this game the host looked to have wrapped up the game as we couldn't clear across ball came to Gareth McCleary who rolled uh, the ball into Scowen he turned and fired the ball across the goal and Dow Taylor was unmarked at the far post completely unmarked in, in his own little world there made no mistake with a simple tap in to make it 3-1 to Wickham that is a poor 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 goal to concede Tom James was caught ball watching completely unaware that Taylor was there and Taylor's never going to score an easier goal in his career than that. What on earth are we doing switching off? What is happening to our concentration levels? This is now the third game that we're talking about and we're just switching off, not aware of who's around us. Ball watching. I would expect that in games that you and me play in, over Power League, for example. (laughs) 
right? <coughs> or over on, 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 in Valentine's Park or wherever. Wouldn't expect that from a professional footballer all the time. Yeah, that was a bad goal to see. That's the one you look at and you go, I mean, all three goals are pretty bad, but that's one where Sam Howes doesn't quite get the, get the ball when he probably should. Once it's loose, there's various opportunities to challenge the man and they don't, and then Taylor's got the entirety of High Wickham to put the ball into the net. He's just standing there by himself to take the ball. Yeah, at that point, you're like 3-1. It's all done. However, we showed fight and determination. And just two minutes after, Satu pulled back a goal for the O's. As Fia Archibald had shot, rebounded off the defender into the path of Royal. His shot squirmed under strike check. And suddenly, 3-2, all to play for in the last couple of minutes. Yeah, 90 minutes. Um... Uh, the board went up. There were 10 minutes of time to be added on. Ed Turns picked up a yellow card in the 6th minute of that added time. And Idris El Mazzouni shot wide in the 99th minute. The referee blew the full-time whistle as the game ended 3-2 to Wickham. Yeah, that wasn't the end of it, though. It was in late drama. After the full-time whistle, both Richie Wellens and Paul Terry were shown red cards as they attempted to speak to the referee. I mean, this video has been doing the rounds on all kinds of sports kind of profiles yeah, on social sure. media. Ref is having none of it. Sends both of them off. You can see Paul Terry kind of dismayed for? being sent going, off. What for? And then, you, you see Richie Wellens not even get close to the referee and just try it. Like, you can see him standing back, hands behind his back, to be not seen to be aggressive or whatever. And he still gets around and he kind of just walks away and laughs due to the nature of it all. Uh, but, however... But it's referees like him that are ruining the game. I mean, this unfortunately. is... You could do a, we could do a two-hour podcast on just the referees at the moment. No, uh, but I don't want to do that. Really too, bad, yeah. but that did symbol three defeats in League One on the bounce for the O's. That's right. Simon Royce was uh, the man to do the post-match interview with Richie and Paul sent off. Um, he did a very good interview. I thought he answered the questions very honestly. That's on the club's YouTube and social channels now. You can give that a listen um, to what he had to say. Absolutely. So. Bidlidjanda, your views, and I guess following the 3-2 defeat at Wickham. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the two positives from this, that there were two goals from Ruel and the fight shown by the players down to 10 men for pretty much all of that, se- well, all of the second yeah. half, essentially, because we've played 55 yeah. minutes, haven't we? Inconsistent referee, should have shown more cards to Wickham. We've not spoken about any Wickham cards being shown or any justice there. The Wickham goalkeeper made three outstanding saves that kept, that kept Wickham in that game. Both in the se- um, uh, two of them were in the second half. I see a lot of people criticising our keeper, but for me, he's a backup keeper. He's not the main goalkeeper, and more importantly, the defence are letting him down Good really shot. badly. Yeah. I don't see Sam Howes as the one. Like he's not fumbling crosses, he's not fumbling shots, and and they're kind of going through his weak, you know, breaking his like he's not got glass wrists, and you know suddenly they're just going in the goal. These are experienced defenders in front of him arguably the same as last season and they're they're letting him down Um, we conceded three very poor goals we were so poor defensively Beckles Archibald and James all at fault for those goals and you know people also um, scapegoat in Piggott as well he's had little to no service little to no service what do you expect the guy to do he's not just going to pick the ball up from the halfway line dribble around everyone it's not FIFA you know, you're not playing on a computer here. You can't expect him to magic something out of nothing. But I do think at times in the second half, particularly in the added time, we did play some really nice football. Some really good football. It's just a little too little, too late. So not all doom and gloom. We will pull out of this situation. I genuinely believe we're going to be okay. Long old season ahead. Um, and you know, when we get, like you said earlier, our full squad back, 
all right, that might not be until February, but before that, a J aside, you know, or Aggie aside, I think we'll be, I think we'll be fine sooner rather than later. I'm going to caveat that. So, <clears throat> my point was it was always going to be a tough start, right? But it's clear to see where the issue is. The issue is in defence. Yeah. There's no injuries in defence. Apart from Adam Thompson. Adam Thompson doesn't doesn't play. He's like fourth choice centre back. Yeah. So, a lot of people, well, and again, Tom, I'm not panicking. Tom James. Tom James was useless in that game. Like Tom James played in that game. You've you've just criticised him for the third yeah, yeah. goal specifically. So yeah. everyone's going, yeah. Wait till the team gets back. But there's no injuries where the problem is. Solbrin, arguably, right? So, arguably, Solbrin wouldn't be able to do anything for the first because the defending is so poor. I think the second, I don't think Solbrin gets to save it. The third, he might catch the cross. But again, if you're going to give Dale Taylor the freedom of Wickham, he's going to score a goal. So everyone's saying, wait until the injuries come back. But the injuries aren't at centre-back. And centre-back's obviously where the problem is. Mm-hmm. I think so for me I was quite concerned with this because no one's saying you need to buy a new defender everyone's saying oh you just need a new attacker you need a speedy attacker and I guess we'll speak about Charlie Kelman shortly for, in my view in that game the midfield and the forward line have done their job they scored two goals if you keep a clean sheet or concede one goal you won the game 2-1 or 2-0 Wolves 2 has got a double in that, in that goal could have scored more if not for their keeper mm. so I think it's interesting to see people go, oh, once we get a full squad back, we'll be right. Well, we won't because that back four is still going to be the same. It's Tom James. That back four who started that, the back who started that game was Beckles, Happy, or Happy gets sent off. And there is 10 men. But no one seems to be panicking about the defence, which I think is where the focus needs to be because all three of those goals were terrible to concede. Mm-hmm. And the four against Portsmouth were all terrible to concede. But there's no one to come in into that back line as it stands anyway to go, boys, what are you doing? Or anyone to come into that back line and go, I'm going to sort this out. I'm the man. I'm going to sort you out. Solbrin obviously makes a massive difference. But like we said, Howes maybe it fall from Portsmouth's yeah. second goal. Yeah. Maybe should have caught the third goal, the cross that leads to the third goal for Wickham. Other than that, I don't think Howes can really do much. You could argue that more experienced goalkeepers probably shout and get his defenders to, to do more. But I've not seen Howes physically in front of me in goal to have a scope of how vocal he is but Vigoru wasn't a vocal goalkeeper to be fair he wasn't like a Dean Brill was where Dean yeah. Brill you could hear him screaming from, no matter where you were in the stand yeah. you could hear Dean Brill yeah, screaming. Vigoru was never like that Vigoru was never screaming at his defenders yeah, yeah. maybe his defenders had a different confidence because they knew Vigoru was behind it it was a different kind of mm. story altogether mm. but for me I came away from that thinking yeah I can't wait for Adji to get back and Galbraith who seems like a really good player and Sanders to get back and Prattley to get back however if all these League One attacks are still playing against that back four ultimately or a selection of Hunt James Beckles Happy turns where those things have been scoring for fun not much is going to change because you come away from this game scoring two goals and going alright Ruel's done brilliant in that game however Ruel's still lost he's been on the losing team he, if you would have said to him well, you can score two goals and come away on the losing team or you can score no goals and come away on the winning team I think he'd rather come out on the winning team so I think it was quite interesting for me to see uh, the reaction I think positively yeah good fight in the team good team spirit maybe too much on the bench so Wellens I think Wellens did Wellens get a talking to at a pre-season friendly I think against Colchester didn't he get into trouble for something 
Possibly. He got booked in one of the games we've just spoken about mm. for something. Mm. And now he's been sent off. He got booked in Wickham. He got a yellow card originally and then he's gone to speak to the ref and then got a straight red. So just need, he just, just needs like to watch it. In fact, all three of them. I, yeah. I, I'm all for yeah, having, I'm, Paul Terry, I'm all for having a vocal manager but at some point that manager has to kind of get on top of his emotion levels in the game. He said that in his post-match. Good. He should that. absolutely do that. Uh, but yeah, for me, end this one. Lots for Richie to think about in the build-up to Blackpool. This point, zero points from three. You've got teams who are on minus points going into the season who at this point are now starting to overtake Oregon because they're winning their game. So yeah. from looking down and going, we're going to We're all right. We're going we're right because we're going to minus points and they're in a kind of disarray. And the same with Reading. Those clubs are, are winning right. games yeah. and starting to get into positives whereas we still might not be in a negative yeah. which we never will be but that zero is still that zero yeah. at this point. So, zero. And again, not to panic but again, you are I, right. and the again, issue is the defence. The issue is the defence. Yeah. And we're not going to buy a new defender unless they're going to pull a rabbit out of the hat. And again, from what Richie is saying, it's all about a speedy attacker to go and support Piggott. Which is the miss, which is, I guess, the... Because we've not scored enough goals. Yeah, so... But we've also not stopped enough goals, so where do you strengthen? Is there too much, I guess is there too much faith for me in Sol Britain? The, the, for me, is it, do they think with the return of Sol Britain that defence is going to tighten up like they did at Charlton? Because obviously Britain's only played once and that was away at Charlton and he only conceded one goal. Yeah. So are they putting too much faith in the return of Sol Britain? And again, we don't know when Britain's coming back. The rumours of a broken foot, rumours that it's not as bad as it should have been, but there's no, there's been no timeline to go, all right, Solbrin's back for Cambridge, or Solbrin's back for Stevenage, or Solbrin's back for... Back in training this Exeter. week or whatever. Got no idea. Yeah. Again, I, House has done all right, but if your defence, like we've said, they're going to give League One players so much freedom, and there's not... You, you, you could have, I don't know... Vigoro back. Anana. You could have anyone in goal. Don't matter. They're gonna you're gonna concede goals. Yeah. So yeah, very very interesting there. Lots of views actually. Quite a lot of views after Wickham. A lot of emotional Orient fans. Orient Massey. It's a disappointing result, but the effort and fight after going down to Tenner was encouraging. We do need to stop all these injuries, and the ref was incompetent. Yeah. Matty Sari said similar to Saturday in that we were so comfortable in the middle of the thir- middle third of the pitch, but all over the place at the back. We look better going forward tonight and hope we spend the rest of the training week on defending set pieces. Orient meet pie, so we gave it a right go, but a combination of awful officials and bad defending has really hurt us. We need a change of fortune, but we need to be better. Some players are just not good enough. We need a league one goalkeeper in before Saturday, and how's ain't it? Alan Reeves too, so relegation fodder with defending like that. It's not a one-off, it's three league games in a row. Viggs bowed us out numerous times last season. It does doesn't matter how good we look in possession you, if you can't defend. Yeah, Les OK52 said, this is the best we've played this season by a mile. Even with 10 men, we just need a cutting edge in front of goal. Ref was poor tonight. If that's a red card, why wasn't the foul on Royal a red? Seems like unless you go down, a penalty will not be given. But an encouraging yeah, performance. True, there was a penalty appeal there that we never got either. LDP, and that's the inconsistencies <laughs> of it all. Uh, LDP King said, dominated the ball from start to finish, created enough to win the game. Wickham were horrific, which makes it even worse. And we defended so badly to concede three goals, never mind the red card situation. That was Sunday League defending. Doyle underscore Hooper said, the long and short of it is we've got weaker keepers in League 1 than we did in League 2. You can see how cagey the defence are as a result. Mistakes become contagious. Leaders need to step up. Incredible that people still criticise Royal. He was a mess. So that's a good point about the defenders being less confident with not having Viggs behind them. It's an interesting Potentially. 
Uh, one Adam C said, terrible start. Big questions must be asked. Weeks of inactivity after winning the league, essentially putting everything on hold while waiting for existing players to sign. End up rushing players at the end of the window with no pre-season. Dear Stu said, that result flattered Wickham. We gifted them three goals. Fair play we for his goals. Uh, the first, a brilliant finish. Well, our monks should have scored before they got their third. Galbraith has to start in the next game. Turns was brilliant in my opinion. But what is going on with our injuries in pre-game? Wickham hadn't scored in their first two league games, put three past us. Yeah. No, the result yesterday, nil nil. Didn't <laughs> of score. It was. Of course it was. <laughs> Gingery ID eighty one. Mark, good to hear from you. Thanks for keeping in touch. First game, I've been able to watch Piggott zero service. The red card changes the game. Dominated possession, but didn't create enough chances. The defeat was hard to take, but the fight was there. Can easily be lost after four defeats. Orient fans were tremendous. Jason Kilby six. What I don't understand is the switch to five three two. When Richie's often made it clear this isn't the formation he prefers. The players look far more comfortable in a four two three one, as far as I can see. Hopefully, we get back to that and can kick on. But encouraging to see them battle. C Gibson underscore eighty nine said a Richie performance that deserved more. Stick with the team. We are better than where we are in terms of a points tally. O's fan basics said thought we were excellent. We're all so dangerous. Played some lovely stuff and so unlucky. Just need a new defence and a ref who has a clue about what he is doing. Angry but proud. Yeah, Chris Butt Sports said regardless of the result, it was a nice moment when the fans gave Howe some love at the start of the first half. It looked like it meant a lot to him. Onwards, I guess. Postman Pat 1965 says seven goals conceded in the last two games shows where the problem is. Brown was great when he stood in the centre-back last season, but we badly need a proper centre-back. Happy has not been the same since his injury. And Beckles is just a liability at this level. Ollie Allen Fire said, People forget we have injuries. Yes, it's a tough start, but fitness throughout pre-season dwindles quickly. When people are injured, the team becomes disjointed. Richie's red card is explainable also. The recent rule changes about touchline behaviour is focused on the top leagues with top refs. However, the training and refereeing below the top league gets worse and refs are easily turned by big decisions. Yeah, lots of uh, interesting points there. Ollie, again, a new Twitter handle on me as much as yeah. many of these are. James underscore Coldwell, another new one for me, says another tough one to take. By far the better team, even with 10. Theo immense. Royal deserves a shout out. Another day, the effort hit, that hits the post goes in. Same with Monco on Saturday. We've played some good football so far by the second half of Saturday and the next win is not far off. George underscore Brown underscore said, I can't wrap my head around the fact that the majority of the players on the pitch tonight won us the league last season. Clear we are struggling in this league. We are only three games in, but I wasn't expecting it to have gone this wrong. On to Blackpool, I guess. Yeah, the tipping team says, great game, great atmosphere. Shame about the result. The ref and the M25 junction being shut on the way home. Nice for real to yet again silence the clowns with more goals and a great performance. The lad averages about one goal every 100 minutes. <laughs> Greaves67 said, Given the injuries at the club, we shouldn't be surprised at how things are going. If the shot which hit the post near the end at 2-1 had gone in, we'd have gone on to win against the very poor Wickham side, in my opinion. Defence needs sorting and the management need to set a better example. And Richie fully acknowledged that in his post-match. Yeah, as he should do. Final word uh, on Wickham. Away goes to Tommy Atkinson6, who says, Going to keep looking at the positives. We're scoring now. I didn't give up. But realistically, I wasn't expecting any points for my first four league games, given the opposition really need to judge things after about 10 games. Only unacceptable results so far is Pompey. Up the O's, that's a good yeah, point. Yeah, it is a good point. Prediction League, thankfully there were no correct predictions for tonight's match, so no points were awarded, so let's move on. Well, let's move on into Wednesday, the 16th of August, and the day was the 107th anniversary of the death of Clapton Orient defender George Scott during the Battle of the Somme. And as always, 
we will remember them. Always great to yeah. mention uh, Amen. the anniversaries. Yeah, absolutely. Amen to Podcast, that. Yeah. Friday the 18th of August, a very happy 30th birthday to character at the club, George Moncler. Uh, absolutely. The club also confirmed that following the red cards received by Richie Welland and Paul Terry following Tuesday night's match to Wickham, both have been charged by the FA. So the club must uh, submit a response to the charge by 6pm on this coming Wednesday, the 23rd mm-hmm. of August. The penalties may apply if the charges are admitted, but both will be available to be on the touchline against Blackpool, which was on Saturday. So a bit of a mishmash of info uh, out originally. I think the club yeah. was slightly confused with the original, original uh, communication they got put out of the wrong thing. So again... Let's have to see what happens uh, with the charge and how they respond. Absolutely, and then what the result of yeah. that is. Yeah, the club also announced that defender Ethan Light had joined Hendon FC on a 28-day loan. So wishing you every success on your loan there, Ethan. All right, so let's crash up then this weekend, Saturday the 19th finally. of August. Hour and 23 minutes in and we finally caught up. We won't keep you for too much longer out. Look, as the youth team were in action at home to Gillingham. Lost the game, 1-0 with Ashley Kramer also getting a late red card. So unlucky to the young O's there. Yep, the main event of the day was Blackpool Way. We ran our usual Twitter poll, as you would know by now. 469 results came in. Absolutely fantastic. Thanks to everyone for uh, taking part. 22% thought we'd win. 28% went for a draw. And a whopping 50% thought that we'd lose. So yeah, thanks to everybody who casted their vote. Absolutely. Worth mentioning, 94 years ago, 1929, (laughs) that we last won at Blackpool. And as many will recall... Our last game at Bloomsville Road was our last ever league game under the previous ownership in May 2017. Jen Jens Jan scored the... You uh, went to that, didn't you? I, I think did. I had, like, in Jaw 24. I had some fitness thing that I couldn't go to the game. I think I had, like... Yeah, I went to it. Tough Mudder or in Jaw 24, I remember. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Jens Jens. And that was where we were both, um, both us and uh, Blackpool, Blackpool were trouble. protesting yeah. uh, against owners, yeah. Yeah. So the team was announced at two o'clock. It certainly was with Howes in goal, James Beckles turns, uh, and Brown at the back. Galbraith, El Mazzuni, and Moncler, Archibald, Satiru, and Piggott making up the eleven. Only six subs for this uh, one being Lejande, Byrne, Soji, Graham, Obiero, Ford. And young Charlie Pegram. Yeah, that meant there was one change for the O's from Tuesday night's defeat at Wickham as Ethan Galbraith came in to replace the suspended Dan Happy. Rob Hunt missed out on the matchday squad as a precaution as he'd had concussion. And former O, Marvin Ek Pateta, started for the home side. Yeah, it's also worth probably mentioning that Prattley is still out. So yeah, Prattley was he's mentioned. Ill. He's ill, maybe from the water. Did you hear this? No. Images post-match. They think the water in the training ground might be uh, suspect. Sanders has got the same... I mean... Prattley has been gone for two weeks with this illness. Yeah, it's quite a long time. Yeah, right? Sanders has got the illness as well. Could be the water at the training ground. How? No idea. Craziness. So yeah, obviously still wow. long term injuries for me. Not a bad first eleven. I mean, to only name six subs on the bench is quite concerning. And you look at that bench. It's quite quite a lot of youngsters there. Apart yeah. from, apart from Graham, I don't know if any and Obiera. I don't know if any of them can drive. Apart from, uh, apart from Graham, three out of them six. Yeah, absolutely. But oh, and no, actually, Reese Byrne as well. One, yeah. So Graham is really the only uh, Graham and Ford, and Ford's a youngster himself. Ford's funny, yeah. Ford's like the grandpa of the bench. So <laughs> yeah, difficult lineup. You anything else to say? Um, yeah, not unsurprised by this to be honest with you. It's good to see Galbraith uh, is back. Not a strong bench, which obviously shows how bad our injury situation Absolutely. is. There's a few conspiracy theorists out there that uh, were saying that uh, Rich is doing that to prove a point that he needs no. players in. 
Um, but I don't believe that at all. I don't believe that one. A few tweets came into us on Outlook Podcast Towers. Trousers Techno said, wow, down to the bare bones. And folks, he said, that bench is a worry for me. Lenshin wants a tough test to defend well is imperative, must speed up play, need to score from set pieces and be clinical in front of goal. Blackpool, unbeaten so far this season. We must not create giveaways. Starting 11 is strong, but the bench is weak. An early goal is necessary. Yeah, so the match kicked off with the O's looking for their first points of the season against the Blackpool team, yet to concede a goal this season. And it was the hosts who started brightly. Sam Howes was forced into a superb fingertip save just four minutes in and El Miz turned, after El Miz turned over possession as we tried to play out from the back. Lavery was played through, but Howes made a big save. Big save there. If that goes in, again, 1-0 down in the fourth minute, yeah. heads drop and yeah. their crowd getting on top. I thought it was a really good save. Credit to Sam really well. Yeah, Please. absolutely. Eighth minute, the O's almost went ahead. There's a sweet Theo Archibald cross, again, down the left. Found Roy Asatori at the far post. His header was well shaved by Grimshaw. Joe Piggott, first to the loose ball, but he couldn't make it count as he blazed over That is the another bar. superb cross from Theo Archibald. A solid header, does everything right there. The keeper makes a really good save, but Piggott following up should have done so much better. He made a bit of a pig's ear of it because he's blasted it over. I didn't mean the pun by that, by the way, but it seems to work well. He should have punished them. We should be 1-0 up there. I think that was more difficult than it looked, but he should still score. I think he thinks he's going to get clattered by the defender coming in on his right. He kind of bottles it off, kind of goes a bit too fast. At the ball, but yeah, yeah. more difficult than one look, but he still should be scoring that. And you can't, like we mentioned, being clinical in both you boxes. You've yeah. got to, so big chance there. Go on for the O's 15th minute. Omar Beck was headed over the bar at the far post. Yeah, Theo Archibald hit a strike from the edge of the area just over the half hour mark, but Grinshaw got down well to deny him. A big moment in the 40th minute after Joe Piggott done well. He won the ball on the right. To be fair to Joe, he'd done really well to get the ball off the defender, yeah. drove forward, got himself into the box from a tight angle. He looked across the ball and his cross took a deflection, looped up, looked like it was going in actually to yeah. top bits, clawed away again well by Grimshaw. And as Piggott was running back into the box, it looked like he was about to get the rebound and score. He appeared to be pushed. No penalty given. Yeah, and this is the problem. This is the inconsistency with refereeing and it is ruining the game because had that have happened on, uh, on Tuesday night against Wickham, we'd, we'd, that would have been a penalty. That referee would have all day long given a penalty. I don't know what you have to do now to get a penalty in this league that's that's fair and, and beyond reasonable doubt. It, it's just so frustrating and irritating and there is no accountability of the referees. They don't come out and explain why. They don't, uh, they don't have to write to, to, the, to the club if they make a mistake. You might phone someone up and say, oh, sorry, I made a mistake, but that's not acceptable. I know you're only human, but that's not... You've trained for this. It's unacceptable. I thought... We try and keep this podcast as balanced as well we can and when... We think it's a red card against Dan Happy. We'll clearly say that. But all day long for me, that's a penalty. 100%. All day long. That's not even close. But again, not given. I still think that's karma balancing, it, balancing itself out from last season. Where we had so much luck last season. I think this season it might go the other way. Hopefully I'm wrong. But we'll see wrong what happens. Well. Yeah. 42nd minute. Ed Turns fired wide from the edge of the area after he controlled the ball on his chest with Grimshaw rooted to the spot. That actually looked really close from the angle I've seen that. Unlucky there for Ed Turns not to score. Yeah, with one minute additional time played, the referee brought the half to a close with the, with the half ending goalless. Yeah, one tweet at half time came into us from the Untold Game. He said, Our most street smart 45 so far. We frustrated them, set our own pace, didn't try to force anything, and it looked like we should have had a penalty too. Yeah, 
uh, the attendance was announced at 10,146 with 638 in the away end. There were no changes for the O's at half time, and we're going to fast forward now to the 54th minute as Ed Turns ended up picking up a booking. 56 minute, a big moment in the game. Sam Howes made a good save from an LB Morgan curling shot. The ball came out to Jensen Weir who struck his rebound against the post from a tight angle and the ball went out of play. Another big save there from Sam Howes. Having a good game. Having a very good game. Having a very good game. Tom James was down, but okay to continue just shy of the hour mark. Yeah, 64th minute, the O's made their first change of the game as Jordan Graham is on to replace Joe Piggott. So I guess when Piggott goes off, you can move Satoru into the middle and you put Graham onto there. So it does give you some flexibility. And yeah, rotational options. Yeah, 75 minute, Tom James was down again, wasn't able to continue this time and was replaced by Shaq Ford who came on to make his late in Orient debut the 79th minute then we played out from the back eventually Idris Amazuni drove along the line he rode two challenges carried his run to the box laid the ball off to George Moncur who blazed over from close range we're talking, about being, we're talking about being clinical in, in both boxes he's snapped at that he's rushed it absolutely unbelievably brilliant run from Idris absolutely super I thought he rode two ch- I thought that clearly he was going to get brought down they were clearly trying to stop him um, and, but George Moncur should have he's a championship pedigree player being uber critical but it's really frustrating that we're now four games in we've got one chance it's a really tight game and he just blazed over after some unbelievably good work it's not like he just suddenly ended up there like Idris has done so well and then found him and he just skies it over. Yes, big chance gone for the O's. 80th minute, and Charlie Pegram came on. He replaced the aforementioned George Moncur. And three minutes later, Idris Almazuni was shown a yellow card. Yeah, he was. Nine minutes of time were added on, and two minutes in, Jordan Graham was booked. A minute later, a booking also followed for Royal Satoru after he questioned the referee following a foul yeah, on him Ruel, that he didn't get. Royal not happy with the ref. 97th minute. It could have been worse for Orient. Ed Turns was beaten to the ball by Lavery. Lavery drove forward and fired low and thankfully wide as the ball went past the far post. If Lavery looks up, he's got a man free as a bird at his far post if he passes it. Thankfully, Lavery goes for the shot and misses. I guess we've spoken a lot about luck not going for us. I think on another day that might have gone in, mm. into the far post. So you go, right, it maybe has balanced itself out there mm. on the balance of chances. I mean, had that gone in, I think this might be a different kind of podcast. Had that had we fell onto a 97th minute defeat at Blackpool, yeah. I think yeah. it would have been, that would have been terrible. It would have been hard to take a 97th minute loss. However, no further talking points. Yeah. The referee brought the match to a close as the O's earned their first point of the season a hard-fought goal was drawn away at Black. Yeah, Richie Wellen's interview is on uh, the club's social channels. Quite conscious of the time, so we're not going to play that now. But he did say our season starts now with our first point and our first clean sheet. Yeah, as always, a massive thank you to Dave Victor for sending us the post-match yes. interviews as he gets. And we appreciate that, Dave. So, four games in, there is a league table. We're not going to cover it in any detail because I think it's a bit too early to do so, but I guess we'll start doing that for next week once we get into we'll the see. five games. see what happens. Period to bid the agenda. Your views on Blackpool away? Really, really, really important point. Uh, we worked really, really hard to get that as well. We defended well, thank God. Uh, clean sheet for the defence, clean sheet for Sam Howes, great for the confidence. He, he is he's by far and away his, his most outstanding performance. So from the lack of confidence that he probably had against Portsmouth from the four goals that were conceded to this and the, the saves that he made that kept us in, there was one point that we haven't mentioned where he's clawed the cross out of the air and, and, and fallen on the floor but, and held on to the ball as well 
outstanding. I thought this is by far and away his best his best uh, performance for us. Like we've said earlier, again, we need to be more clinical when we get chances. We need to be more clinical when we're when we're on the back foot as well. First point on the ball, first clean sheet. As Richie said, it does give us something to build on. Yeah, for me, I feel quite relieved for us to get our first point. Now, I did think it was going to be a difficult first four games. You looked at it and went, yeah. that is a very difficult start. I think we all would have liked a higher points tally, to be honest. Yeah. I think I looked at it and went, I'll take maybe one win out of that and three defeats. I think the fact that it's no wins, one draw, three defeats. You look at it and go, all right. I know we haven't mentioned the league table, but there is a league table. I know you can't place too much into it, but I, does, I do think that affects players' confidence massively and that, that affects a fan base. And I guess we'll talk about that a bit with Cambridge, yeah. who are literally at the other end. Yeah. Um, but look, I think there's a lot of criticism of Piggott. However, I think if George Monkhurst scores that, the whole team needs to be clinical up front. Yeah. Not just Piggott. Yeah. So, 100%. Frustrating from that part. Again, a great match for Howes. They'll do wonders for his confidence. Also, the other four defenders on that pitch have had a tough time of it. So, that'll do great for Omar Beckel's confidence as well. So, positively, we go on to the next match. I think it's the first week since the season started where there's no Tuesday midweek game. So, they yeah. get to kind of have a week to get on the training ground, get prepared, know what they want to do for Cambridge. Brisbane Road, obviously, will be roaring for that one. Again, we'll come on to that match later. But, yeah, happy to take a point. If you would have said Blackpool way nil nil. As a singular match, you probably would have gone, yeah, all right. Yeah, I think when you come away from it, you go, we had the, we actually had the chances to win it. Yeah, and we should have had a penalty. Could have been different. Yeah. So very encouraging there. So those were our views on Blackpool way. Lots of your views as well. Alex LOFC said Blackpool were poor. House was immense. Should have had a penalty, but a solid point on the road. Yeah, Macca Coleman, 73. <laughs> That's a new one for me. He said a fantastic point in the clean sheet. At last, something for Richie and the team to start to build on. E10 underscore rifle said a much improved performance. How's much improved, but still frustrated that we are not more positive in and around the opposition's box. Another in at breath and disappointed we didn't get the three points. Davy Bear said everything is against us at the moment. The injuries, the yellow cards, a penalty turned down, awful refs. But we still battle to, to our first point of the season. Things can only get better from here. Yeah, maybe that should have been an outro. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Tom D. Simmons underscore Tom said, in the circumstances, a very creditable performance and deserved points. Still plenty of work to do, but the effort and morale seems to be there, which is so important. Special mention to Sam Howes. Well done, young man. Yeah, Johnny Eppers said, Theo playing as an inverted right wing back. Last time I saw that was under jacket in the paint pot. This will be a monkey off our backs and hopefully Graham will now get enough to start helping at wing back. Didn't watch, but seems like we were more coherent with Galbraith in the midfield. Yeah, I, think a lot of people really been, I feel a lot of people have been impressed with Galbraith. He got his pocket picked, I think, at one, one point and he won it back. Good, I as he should. Yeah, look forward to seeing well. it. Lawson Gabs had taken everything into account. That was a terrific performance. Foley deserved the point and should have had more really. Clear penalty not given in the first half and a couple of great chances. Some touch-notch performances when the injury chaos subsides. A bit will be fine. Confused Magyar said, that's a new one on yeah. me as well. Welcome to the show. I think Howes definitely deserves plaudits for today. I know I was I know I was one who thought he wasn't up to League One standards after the Pompey game, but he's done well today. Let's hope he can build on this in the next few games. If we continue to play like this... We should be fine in May. Yeah, David CS3 said the clean sheet will do houses confidence, the world of good, and he kept us in. Please him. My first chance to see us in League One this year, and definitely a huge step up in quality in comparison to League Two, but never cease to be amazed. 
by the incompetence of the officials. Chosen for one said, knew it would be a tough start adjusting to League One and I think to finally come away with a point after the first three matches is a huge relief. We managed to score some goals last match and we'll finally keep a clean sheet in this one. Hopefully now we put them both together. Bash Galvin said, predicting that Galbraith will be our player of the season. Given a run in the team, definitely though, a penalty on Pickett. Yeah, Casey Adams, LOFC said, have to give praise where it's due I personally thought he was awful against Portsmouth but from what I've heard had a blinder today shows real character coming back from conceding seven in two games I'm buzzing for him he's obviously assuming uh, referring to, to Sam uh, Hasley yeah. uh, Cowan 4676 for the first time Senior's live this season defence has improved during the game but still had shaky moments still want another centre back option limited mobility in attack and options off the bench are very green however a really committed performance overall and lots to build on Bogstolux1 said, massive point today, the least we've deserved. A great performance by everyone in a blue shirt, a clean sheet, and we start our, we start our playoff push. The pace is higher in League One, and we adjusted well today. Get our players back and we'll be fine. Definitely a penalty. Penultimate tweet comes from Essex Biz, the man behind Carol Langley Florist. He said, delight with a point. Performance full of fight, determination and guts, which is what we need to get us through this Mini crisis with a smiley emoticon. No he doesn't really mean that before everyone starts adding at Essex Biz. Something to build on going back to back home fixtures in Richie. Richie. Someone mentioned the blue shirt. I actually quite like the blue shirt. I, do. I quite like the white, the white one in all its glory with the white shorts and the white socks. The white plumage actually looked alright as well. But yeah. blue actually looks alright. I, I still don't white, think I'm getting one this season though. I thought the white one was our second kit. Our no, away kit, sorry, but that's our third yeah. kit. Yeah. No, I do definitely do like the home one. Dan Alton, 2590, said we more than deserve that point. You can see we're really trying, just struggling like hell with all these injuries. We've now seemingly got two more to deal with. Ecstatic for Sam Howes, ha- keeping a clean sheet after a shaky start to his Orient career. A good result. So, yeah, that was the final word. You can tell a very optimistic fan base coming off the back of that one. So let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the many tweets we've read out from many of the opening five fixtures. So let us know what you think. You can tweet us at Orient Outlook. You can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com. You can find us on Instagram at orient underscore outlook underscore podcast. Or you can give us a follow or a like on Facebook at orient outlook podcast. A prediction league update. A few of you predicted Neil Neil. So Theo the Ryvern, Julian Cavie, zero three, who I believe is in Australia. Uh, so I hope you've had a good time watching the ladies. Julian, Boatsy, Wilco 300, Charlie underscore Paul, and Rickstar 74 all get three points. Basically, there's loads of you at the top of the prediction league table, all on three points. No one's got four or no one's got six yet. As the table becomes more established, we'll put the table out on social media and mention it in more detail throughout the season. But a massive thank you to everyone uh, of their predictions. And that is still available to sponsor. So that tweet, I reckon, in terms of Twitter impressions, goes to at least a couple of thousand people. So prediction league is a real, real class act to sponsor if anyone's thinking about it. Yeah, absolutely. So we move on Sunday the 20th of August today as we record this. No news to report, so let's move on to wrap this up now as we're an hour and 41 minutes with fancy football. I've got one question for you. Go on. Charlie Kelman. Yeah. If he was to come back to the club, been rumoured, Ainsworth's yeah. played it down, but Richie said a speedy person to come in off Piggott. Yeah. Hasn't downplayed it, hasn't denied it. You know, we know the way football managers work, and they're very clevering yeah. with their words. If Charlie Kalman is the signing this week, yeah, and Richie alluded there would be one this week up front. If mm-hmm. it is Mr. Kalman, mm-hmm. how are you feeling about that? 
um, I don't think he's the right mould of what we're looking for if we're looking for speedy. I mean, we didn't see... It's difficult to judge him because Richie doesn't play with, like, a four four two where you where you cross in and you've got, uh, you know, like a Lisby Mooney type, type scenario. Uh, Kelman was a grafter. He's a hard worker and he probably didn't play very much to his strengths to play like that, but he did what he was asked to do within the system that he was being played in so that's why there's probably this downplayment of well he's no good he's not that he's not scored goals that you know we didn't have a prolific go- our prolific goal scorer scored 10 goals last season our most prolific goal scorer yeah. the goals in Richie Welland's system uh, are, are shared equally and evenly fairly equally fairly evenly around the squad 10, 5, 4, 7 whatever it is 8 um, so yeah I don't know probably I mean, how many more? How many more forwards do we genuinely need? You know, someone did. I think Dan Orton did a list of 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 all of them, and there's just like eight attack. Uh, it was like seven or eight just in the attacking department. Yeah. When you include Archibald and Graham and Aggie and Satiriu and Pigger and Pegram, um, to then add Kelman in, I don't see the value of that. Um, to be honest with you. But if it is him, obviously, clearly, I support him because he's coming to the club, back to the club to do well. But I don't necessarily see him as that signing. I know Gareth Ainsworth has come out and said, no, he's part of my plans, but that could have been last week and he slept since yeah, then, course. so it could be something well, else. Well, he, he started it way to Watford, along with Paul Smith, in their first game of the season. I think they lost 4-0 or 5-0. Yeah. He's not been in Steven the squad. McKenna as well. He's not been in the squad since. Right. So I think there's something in that. You think, what room was your thoughts on that? Depends how you're going to play him. If if he's looking at maybe playing someone of Piggott and maybe slightly having another option into a four four two, what then you've got Satiriu. But I think Kel, if you're looking for someone to play off Piggott as a four four two option, then yeah, certainly. But I can't see if he is being bought in. If it is Kelman, can't see Kelman starting. I think he's just a bench player. Mm. But to get him, I think we'd have to buy him because he's under contract unless QPR release him. He signed a one-year deal at QPR. I think the idea that QPR would loan him back to us for another season is pointless for both QPR from a financial perspective because I've only got him for another year. Yeah. So I think I think we have to... is with us for a year and I think his contract runs till next yeah, year. Yeah, but I'm not being funny. I think Idris is going to have no problem with admirers. I think Idris walks into most League One teams. Mm. And if, if what we believe is that we beat clubs like Derby and Charlton and Wickham to Idris' signing I don't think any of those clubs would be looking at Kelman and going there's a right player here based on his goal return in League 2 mm. last season but so if they consider how he was played they'll understand that because they're not just going to look at his Wikipedia page and go no rubbish possibly that's not how they scout these days possibly I don't I, it's a difficult one I don't think he walks into I don't think he walks into the first thing I don't think he's the answer to the question ok let me ask you a different question before we round up this 1 hour 45 minute podcast You've got what money to bring in one more player, right? The budget's gone. We know they've gone what yeah. their budget was. They've got one more player they can bring in. Mm. You not to give me a name, but mm. if you were Martin Lee, or mm. if you were the committee, what position of the pitch are you looking in? Defence. Defence. Yeah. Any, I'd have a backup centre back. Or centre centre back? back. I'd have a backup centre back because Adam Thompson's injured, unknown return date. Omar Beckles it hasn't had the best start, so there's a bit of a wobble, bit of a concern there. Um, you can't just rely on Dan Happy and Ed Turns if you took Omar out of the equation for them two young guys to be the the, the centre-back pairing. I think other teams at this level will probably have a bit of a field day. So I think you need an experienced, more experienced centre-back. Who was it that bought on uh, the guy... Oh, Wickham bought on um, 
that defender that was at Derby that got sacked at Derby. Uh, oh, Richie Keogh. Yeah. Someone like experience like that on a short-term six-month just to see us through. Someone like that just to cover, uh, potentially, for me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't... You I don't, I don't I, yeah, I, I think probably a centre-back. Yeah. Probably, short. probably experienced one, but they don't come cheap. So I think it'd be a, an interesting couple of days at the club. We always know they've got aces up their sleeve, so who, who knows what will be this time next week. Well, if Steven Alzate's rumoured transfer <laughs> yeah. goes from Brighton to West Ham, Fiorentina, or Roma, eight, eight whoever million. it is, at £8 million... Pounds, I think we've got a twenty percent sell-on. Well, that's clause. the that's the rumored, right? So it's rumored that it's a twenty percent sell-on. I believe it's a twenty percent yeah. sell-on clause. What are we selling for? Two hundred, two fifty. So when by the time you take that off the eight million, and then you do the twenty percent off that, it's still one point. It's still a nice figure to have. One point something so, million. So that could be quite a. That could affect how much we have to spend. If we've not already spent, overspent already, we've already extended the budget, so that probably just plugs the gap on what we've possibly, yeah, what we've got or or, or leaves then January's money back to where it was before. Interesting. All yeah. right, so I guess we'll see what happens with that one. Hopefully, Alzati goes for more than eight million. Obviously, we think we get a sell-on fee, which would be amazing if we do, and that yeah. is money that obviously that twenty percent goes back into the club, and that yeah. obviously will count as part of PBR because it's yeah. money from a sell-on fee. Yeah. So, yeah. Brilliant stuff. One hour forty-seven. Let's, Let's wrap this fantasy football. Up. Fantasy football. I'm back. I'm addicted to it. I'm already thinking about using my wild card next week. Mr. Levy, Kai Saito. Not a name I'm familiar with, but however, you top the Orient Outlook podcast. Fantasy football league. It's 149 points after two weeks. Well played, sir. Yeah. Ahead of South Stand legend Chris Kane, who's in second place on 146 points. I'm not doing bad. I'm in 160th place out of 369 players. Thanks to everyone who's playing with us this season. If you don't play and want to play, come and drop us a DM for your code. You can still come in and play fantasy football with us. We'd love to have you on board. Yeah, so positives and negatives this week. We'll kick off with the positives. Uh, first point on the board, obviously, very good yes. positive there. First clean sheet was uh, yesterday um, against uh, a tough Blackpool side. And obviously, you know, despite our losses, we have been playing quite well at times. We have created chances for ourselves. It's not like we've been bereft of them. It's just we've just not been clinical enough to put them away. So there, there are, you know, green shoots of recovery sprouting through here. You know, it's not all doom and gloom. Absolutely. All right, so I'll do the three negatives. So, negatives, no wins and three league losses this season. That could have been a double negative, but we'll keep that as one. Yeah. Second one, out of the league, I guess depending on what way you look at it, out of the league cup, Cowboy Cup, whatever we call it this season, in the first round. So, obviously, that's done. And lastly, the unbelievable level of injuries we have at the football club at the moment. So, three positives, three negatives. We could have gone easily heavier on the negatives, but we won't. So, I guess time... Hero of the week. I think it's probably fair to say hero of the week. Or three. Weeks. I guess we're looking at this as hero of like the first part of the five week five games that we haven't covered or I've covered within this. Theo Archibald could have easily been a nominee had we taken this to Twitter. I think Sam, Sam Howes is definitely worth a shout out after yesterday. But we looked at it and we decided to give it to this young gentleman. Well done, Ruel Soteria. Yeah, well done to Ruel. Yeah, first one of the season for him. Two goals uh, against Wickham. Good performances, hard work that he's put in. And uh, yeah, well well deserved. But you're right, had we put that out to, to the socials, it could have... Yeah. It's, it's difficult because we haven't won and it's hard to see a standout player in, in, in a loss. Had it been solely this week, it would have been Sam Howes, I think. But we've looked at, yeah. we've looked at it as a collective. Or maybe yeah. not, because obviously Rickham was on a Tuesday. So next week's fixtures in, like we said, one fixture coming up this week for the O's. We welcome Cambridge United on Saturday. 
the 26th of August. Cambridge had a decent start this season. They've won three out of their four league games so far. They beat Bristol Rovers 2-0 on Saturday. Currently top of the league. I think we'll find a very loud, large Cambridge following come to Brisbane Probably. Road. Confident. And we also welcome back, I think for the first time as a Cambridge yeah. player. We do. First time as a yeah. Cambridge player, right? XO. Uh, we've interviewed him on this podcast. It was yeah. a great interview. You can go back and listen to it on SoundCloud in preparation for his return on Saturday. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. James yeah. Brophy. James Brophy. Brophy coming back. The Brophmeister. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, sponsorship reminder, don't forget to get in touch with John and their fan- You're right there. fantastic oh, team me. of experienced florists. Call the light, call the shop on 0208 529 4130 or get in contact via the socials. Carol Langley E4, that's Carol with an E on the end, or at Essex Biz on Twitter. They are on Instagram as well, Carol Langley Florist, and you can search on Facebook, Carol Langley Florist. So that is it. That is it. It's been a bumper. 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 But we are back now for this season at Bumper 325 episode, 25 episode, 325 episode. Difficult start to life in League One for the O's with three defeats and a draw in our first four games. But the performances have been encouraging despite a huge injury list and some poor refereeing decisions. But we all remain behind Super, Richie Welland and his Red and White Army. And on paper, this is our easiest fixture of the season coming up on Saturday. It's when we probably looked at when our first win as a banker. Pre-season. However, yeah. Cambridge ripped up the form, but like we said, it will be a very difficult test. But we look forward to talking all about it and hopefully with at least one new face in the squad in next week's podcast yeah if you're listening on iTunes please subscribe give the podcast a 5 star rating and a review we haven't had one of those in quite a while we'd appreciate it Uh, it just helps people discover with the club getting more attendances now more interest garnered in the club it would really help other people find the right podcasts to listen to uh, in and amongst the noise that is Apple iTunes podcast or Spotify podcast wherever you get your podcast from we'd really be grateful to you if you're listening on SoundCloud Spotify tune in or stick add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them we're also on smart speakers we're on the fan hub app so listening to this podcast could not be any easier and likewise if you've got an older relative a loved one a friend someone who's got a passing interest in the podcast grab their phone help them download it and pass the pod yeah so that is it and we'll be back with episode 326 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need so we look forward to it from you as always keep calm Stay safe, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. We are alive and kicking up the O's.